Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome back to the Cold Take Podcast. My name is Jonathan, and today I'm with Reb Maisel from TikTok. Uh, you have Twitter, obviously, and not YouTube, because you're not... No. Don't I do, do normal YouTube, stuff like that. Um, I don't have time to sleep or eat or brush my teeth. So, I, if I yeah, if I had a YouTube channel, I would have to stop being a lawyer. And then what, are, what were those student loans for? You know? Yeah, so I feel like most people that are watching this are already going to know who you are, but anybody that doesn't, yes. um, Reb Maisel on TikTok, as I have already said, um, known mostly, I would say, because of the court transcript TikToks that you do, reading just off random fucking court transcripts that are yes. absolutely wild because nobody in this country knows how to actually act um, in an official sense. But thank God for it. Honestly, <laughs> oh my thank God. God. For it. Some of them are insane. It's not surprising to literally anyone in the legal field, whether you're a court reporter, whether you're a bailiff, whether you're um, a, an actual attorney, whether you're a judge, you hear these and think, this makes so much sense. Yeah, this happens all the time. There are so many transcripts that I d- cannot share with you. Isn't it like part 16 now? Something like that? Or next, to, or no. I think, I think it's, it's up 17. there. I don't know. It's, it's pretty I high. It's, I think we're almost at the 20s. I know that my next one might be 18 or 19. I think uh, it's 18. Okay. I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm not the one that makes the content. Look, I have to double check every time <laughs> I make a new one and, and make sure that I'm correct. Yeah, but um, so obviously, as she already said, lawyer, all that, because if you did TikTok, then wouldn't have time to do your actual job or to just breathe with your job and all that. Yeah, if I did YouTube, yeah. Uh, TikTok, TikTok is my side gig, I will say. It's uh, my hobby, 100, 100% my hobby. If it weren't my hobby, I would not do it. I don't know what it is. I, the moment you tell me to do something, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> the moment someone says, you know, you have to do this for your income, I would, I would immediately be not funny anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I started doing it. Because I needed a creative outlet when I was miserable studying for the bar in 2020, living with my parents because of COVID. Um, and my younger sister it keeps me young, and she is Gen Z. She was She's 21 now, and she said, you're washed up. Why don't you have TikTok? Well, you know, come on, get with the program. And I said, well, I can't be washed up. So I downloaded <laughs> it when I was studying for the bar. And I would literally study from, like, 7 a.m. until 7 p.m., six days a week. And I would take, like, 15-minute timer breaks to just scroll on TikTok for, again, a crumb of serotonin. What did you do before TikTok? Just continually be continuously be miserable? <laughs> no, it's, it's, like, even worse. Um, before TikTok, when I was starting to study for the bar, I actually woke up one morning and said, I feel like, Playing video games. My brother and I, when I was younger, like eight years old, <laughs> he played Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, uh, and he would let me take the controller and play every like fifth time he died. So I remember that being so much fun as a kid. And I don't know what it is, but I woke up one day and I was studying for the bar and it was, it was the very beginning kind of a quarantine. I had just graduated without a graduation because of COVID. I basically just hit submit, right? The, the very anticlimactic fina- finality of graduating law school, which is such an achievement. And we literally got like an email that said, woo. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I thought, I need to do something that isn't illegal that is also going to get out some of this anger. 
So I um, ordered an Xbox off eBay, got the most, it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the most recent one, and I just started playing it. Played the campaign like seven times. <laughs> and then I started doing um, like Xbox Live, you know, the um, like I, I dropped into Warzone. I figured out kind of how to play the game. Uh, I got decent. And I dropped into a search and destroy game. For those who are probably listening who who are fans of mine, you likely don't <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Because I know this is like a big shock, but men aren't my biggest followers, right? Like they're not like the most amount of people that follow me. I would say mostly men who are members of the LGBTQ plus community, love you, follow me and they love me. Very small number of like straight guys who are gonna play Call of Duty Modern Warfare would listen to this podcast, but that's fine. Yeah. At least, at least this episode. So if you don't know, essentially if you if you go into a search and destroy game on Call of Duty and you don't know what you're doing, people get pissed. People I get don't angry. even play Call of Duty. Okay, well people get like angry. Like they're like, why are you here? You should go back to Kill Confirmed. Um okay. And so I accidentally dropped into one and thought, oh no, because you basically get immediately put into a team in a clan. Not the K clan, the C yeah. clan. Yeah. God. TikTok, TikTok deleted one of my lives because of that. They were like banned from live because I said that I was in a clan on Call of Duty. They were like, this girl definitely. She's part of the Z clan. Part of that clan. And I was like, please. And then meanwhile, incels have full monologue speeches for seven hours. And they're like, mm, is this a violation of guidelines? We don't know. Anyhow. So I dropped into a, you know, a little search clan. And these kids were like 19-year-old like Florida college students. They went to FSU. Ben, if you see this, hey. <laughs> and they were very nice and very fun. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it was literally just, you know, they were like, oh, no, it's fine. We'll carry you. And they were very, very good. And I thought, this is so fun. We're winning. Oh, this God, is this a great time. Familiar. All I have to do is have, like, my virgin, like my 725 and my riot shield. And oh, my God. And just <laughs> And, um, yeah, so then, this is before TikTok. And then I, I literally long one thing led to another. Every single day after I was done studying for the bar, I would literally play Call of Duty with them from like 8 p.m. until like 2 a.m. Yeah, I haven't played Call of Duty in like Good many years. <laughs> I I used to play it, or my brother played it like crazy. It still does. Um, he's something, but. Nice. <laughs> Honestly, and men will always use that, oh my God, she couldn't last a minute in a Call of Duty lobby. And I'm like, I lasted several months. <laughs> several <laughs> months. I've heard it all. Yeah. I've heard it all. They're like, go to the kitchen. I'm like, I was just about to ask you that. I love a good avo tomato, <laughs> toasted. <laughs> Miss me. Go clean your cum stained khakis, please, <laughs> before you come for me. Take take a real quick selfie. Send it to the group chat. Let's see it. Let's see it, big guy. That's, uh, honestly, people are like, how did you start roasting people? I'm like, literally in Call of Duty I, lobbies. Uh, I was hazed through the Call of Duty lobbies. Call of Duty lobbies. Oh, yeah, so I haven't, yeah. uh, probably the last one I played, like, consistently was – original modern warfare 2 which was i think that was released in like 2009 or something like that yes so a long time ago and uh just saying that you used a riot shield in it made me just remember because i remember even back then if you use like a riot shield people like use a real fucking gun learn how to play the game that's not fair and look i did i will say i like to make fun of myself but i got like i this is again gonna be content for people who don't listen to me i'm sorry we'll get off this topic I had a gold M4, gold growl. I was getting my car. Gold. Jesus Christ. Like I wasn't bad. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna toot my own horn and say that I was the best. But P 
people used to tell me you defied expectations. Well, when I got, well, when I got kind of, um, you know, I was I was making TikToks, and if you look, the very first TikToks that I made were Call of Duty like cliff TikToks because I would make them. I would simply use the app TikTok to make these edits because it was like I was like, oh, this video app. It's, it was a video editing app to me. That's that's what it was. And I would make them just to send to the group chat yeah. for, like, my Call of Duty clan and show them these funny clips. Um, and and honestly, people, when a few of my videos started blowing up, they were like, why don't you start streaming? <laughs> that would make someone, you're a girl. That's easy to start streaming. Oh, my God. And I was like, this is so toxic for me already. Like, I should not be playing Call of Duty until 2 a.m. I'm, this is a cracker help. Like, this is not something to do. <laughs> so <laughs> then. No, I'm no. So I, once I, it was essentially like I took the bar, uh, slept for 48 hours. My mom checked my pulse. She thought I was dead because I slept for so long. <laughs> and moved in a single weekend and then started my job as an attorney on Monday. And so after that, I don't think I even plugged in my Xbox since then because I have not had time. <laughs> So it all ended, but I'd like to start up again. On Call of Duty? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you know. Jordan plays Call of Duty. He can. He's Jordan. he's dog shit at every game I played with him, but you'll probably you're probably better than him at it. We'll see. But um, we'll see. as far as so you went from Call of Duty to TikTok. I haven't touched Call of Duty since then. Uh, you started TikTok before, I think, before you passed the bar and all that. Yeah, you. Um, I met. I explained this in one of my videos. Um which some people were surprised about. I'm like, oh, you're surprised that we're hazed as attorneys? Funny. Um, we, you take the bar. Typically, you're supposed to take the bar, in California at least, it's the end of July, um, and then you find out your results in mid-November. Because of COVID, the bar in 2020 was postponed like three, two or three times, which was horrible because you would study your like plan. You would start studying it essentially scheduled out for the bar to be on the end of July. And then they said, yeah. no, September. And so then we were sending it slated for so September. So it's more and exhausting then they said, than no, it was already. October. And then you're literally, like, I remember being just, like, deli- like I, it was, like, I didn't have, even have tears left because I was so stressed and just so over it. Um, it was it was horrible. After you take, essentially, after, you, after I took the bar in the beginning of October, they said your results will come out sometime in January. And so you have this weird interim period of, well, am I a lawyer? Like, right? Did I pass <laughs> it? You don't know. You're just kind of in this weird no man's land cosplay as an attorney for four months at the firm that is hoping that you pass. And then you find, I found out January 6th of 2021. Really great day. You guys don't know <laughs> it. I, I would have loved to have appreciated that day for what it was, but I was spent looking at Kuda Ta memes all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I remember that date. Um, so, yeah, so I passed the bar January 6, 2021. I found out that I passed. Um, was sworn in February 1st, 2021. I found out that you passed a bar at a bar. Yes, I did. <laughs> Absolutely, I did. That is actually true. Uh, with all of my bosses surrounding me. While oh, I yeah. refreshed a page. When I squatted behind a wine barrel. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I was like, if it's not going to be dramatic, it's not going to be me. Let's let's line up some shots before I take this traumatic <laughs> page refresh. Yeah, how else do you want to see the bar, though? See the bar results. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. I don't think I can think of a better way. You're just like, well, at least if I don't, don't pass, then I'm going to get blasted. Absolutely. <laughs> so that was the plan. So, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> not only exhausting for this test that decides your career pretty much. 
but they just kept prolonging it. So instead of exhausting yourself for a few weeks, it was just constant until it stopped getting delayed. Yes. And I think it was, um, I had posted a few TikToks when I was studying for the bar that were kind of related to me being taking the bar, but actually my very first viral TikTok ever was about my finger tattoo, um, about my mom freaking out and being a little, a little, um, overreacting a bit, I would say, to yeah. finding out that I have a finger tattoo literally three years after I got it, um, simply because we were at Malibu Farm restaurant, and I reached for my Bloody Mary, and she said, what is that? And I thought, oh, it's been three years, right? It's like this tiny little mark on my finger at this point. Um, in the beginning, is that a Mickey Mouse? No, it's a Roman numeral five. <laughs> um, oh, I oh thought, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I thought, oh, you know, like, is she going to freak out that much? We'll see. At this point, I was a second-year student in law school. So I was thinking, oh, she's probably over the whole, like, no tattoos ever shtick. And she was not. She started sobbing. Three. At Farm. Took three years to realize yeah. it. Yeah. A, lesb- a really nice lesbian couple behind us with full arm sleeves were like, we couldn't help it over here. They were, like, comforting her. She was like, I know, right? And they were, like, bonding. And I'm over here <laughs> chugging. I'm like, Bloody Mary's, like, more please it was horrible and I made a video just kind of like I was like a Beyonce sound or something making fun of that and that was my very first video that I ever got likes I remember looking at my sister and going oh my gosh this is so weird uh, that like 15 minutes of fame cross that off my bucket list right like have one TikTok video go mildly viral and now here we are yeah, years later, and you're like, oh, here's another court transcript video. Yeah. Oh, fucking seven million views. You're like, oh, God, I didn't expect this to ever happen in my life. No, never. I'm in denial still. Yeah, speaking of those, <laughs> how did that one come start with the, cor- the, or the first court transcript one? The transcript videos started, and people, people, uh, I think, often assume that... Um, like, I have some big, like, business model. I'm, like, in a, in, there's, like, a, a a panic room. What is it? A command room. War room. Where I'm, like, planning all these TikToks. Like, like engagement. Looking at analytics. I kid you not. I wish I could say that it was. It's so not. It's me getting an idea or having a horrible day. <laughs> like, really, those are the two categories. This one was the horrible day category. I had, um, had a... A f- hilarious it was like it was like a it was a day as an attorney that goes down as being so hilarious but also so horrible right like it's one of those things where it, for example the parallel of this would like if you go to thanksgiving if you go home for thanksgiving with your family and your family's batshit insane you have to laugh like at, cer- at a certain point you're like this is so bonkers uh, this is funny <laughs> even though i'm in pain that's how that entire day felt for me uh i had to be in a deposition that was just absurd if I could share the transcript, I would. I cannot. Okay, <laughs> confidentiality, transcript of privilege, all that. Um, and it was like the hostel was very, or the, the hostel was very <laughs> witness. The witness was very hostile, to say it lightly. And um, he was basically like throughout the deposition just being super combative, but in a way that was just so ridiculous. <laughs> I wish I could talk about it. I can't. I'm just giving vague, vague descriptions. Anyone who is a law student in ethics, let me know. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, and, you know, there there were times when he would specifically be, like, calling out the attorneys who were in the background, and this was all on Zoom because um, it was, you know, COVID, and often depositions are on Zoom anyway now. Uh, and he he was, like, calling out the attorneys, 
like talking bad about us. He's like, how can you sleep at night? And I was like, with a silk pillow, <laughs> hot AC on high, like, please. I, it was just so exhausting. And he ended up ending the deposition early, like just going <laughs> bouncing. And you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> if a witness just gets up and walks out of a deposition and they're testifying under oath, um, kind of the rule is, is that in California, um, you have a minimum of like seven or eight hours that you're allowed to have for a deposition for a witness. Like that's like the max that you can um, go, like total. And typically they don't go that long. Um, that's like just like kind of like the statutory like limit that you can you can like require accepted. someone. No, it's sta- it's like oh, in okay. statute it says seven or eight hours. Oh, okay. Um, it says yeah, that's that's the amount of time that you have at a minimum if you'd like to depose somebody. Um, at a minimum. Yeah, like you can't like like obviously you can't drag it out. Like it has to be a ri- like if you need they, they they basically assume or or have like that set limit as like okay, if you are require a witness or a party to be deposed, it, you you get 8 hours total. And you often don't need that many hours and obviously if you drag it out intentionally to harass someone, you can't do that. It's it's like a substantive 8 hours. Beyond that, it doesn't have to be all in one, right? It can be, like, over a course of time. It can be three different depositions. It can be however many. If you need more than that, you need to file a motion with the court and request more and, and state the reason why you need more because that's typically seen as, like, okay, you, you got it. Like, you got you got the testimony. Um, if, for whatever reason, a witness says, I'm out halfway through it, even though you ha- you know, you're not finished, the person who called the deposition is not finished, you have to finish that deposition. That's not that's not a finished deposition. You have to finish it with that witness. Like if the witness wants to either like testify in court at the trial or if they want that transcript, that deposition to actually be used substantively at trial, you have to finish your deposition. It's basically like you get sanctions against you, the person who wants to use that witness's testimony, right? Like if the, if it's like it was like the defendant's star witness and the plaintiff wanted to depose them and then the star witness said, I don't want to do this uh, anymore. And bounced, right? But I'll be at the trial. You can't do that. It's basically a way to ensure that you can't, you have to, if you want to be deposed and you want to testify, you have to do it. You have to do it full out as, you know, and, like and give the party. Diligence. Yeah. Well, like you just have to give the, the, um, the testimony that you would give at trial. If you want, if you're going to be deposed, you, you have to give the testimony that you, would give and you can't just bounce because you don't like the questions and then show up at trial so essentially when someone leaves um says i'm out of here that made that essentially (laughs) in one moment my my life for the next two weeks flashed before my eyes and i was like this is so great i'm now gonna have so much more work to do oh my god um so i was feeling sad sad girl hours and i left my work just so exhausted so over it, I went to CVS, took a, took a prescription, and I was just throwing random shit in my cart, right? Like, just, like, random things that I didn't need. Like, the, you know the aisle that had the as-seen-on-TV aisle? Oh, yeah. I was, li- I was throwing everything in there. I was like, this looks cool. This looks fun. Just just spending a negligent amount of money at CVS. Stress impulse buying. Yes, <laughs> and these sunglasses Oh my, oh my God. Rack, were literally on a rack. Um, and I thought those look fun and, and I'm not kidding. These are the opposite of any kind of sunglasses I would ever wear. Like ever. I was like, oh, that's not, those don't look good on me. Hate, hate the rhinestones. I love them. Threw them in, bought them. I went home and laid on my couch, just like sad. And also thinking about how that transcript was so insane and how I would love to talk about it, but I can't. And so I started Googling like, oh, crazy court transcripts, right? Thinking there's no way that I, that there's no way that somebody has posted some of them. 
And so I found some good ones, and then I made that. I filmed part one and was like, hi, you guys. My day was literally horrible. I had a dog shit day. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's read some court transcripts. And I did part one and part two within seconds of each other. And then, um, yeah, I just kept doing them because people liked them. <laughs> and, I ca- and I have scoured the ends of the earth for these. People are like, she only reads from, like, one account. Absolutely not. I'm telling you right now. I have scoured legal blogs from 09 for some of these. The funniest thing is going through them, and I would think that half of the time it's, like, the witnesses that say, like, the wildest things, which mm-hmm. most of the time it seems like it is. But that would be your expectation is, like, 90% of the time it's the people that haven't spent years in the legal system, all of that, that say the wildest things. But then you have some where the judge or the attorneys are just tired of the shit, and then oh, they, they yeah. do it too. I have, I mean, I've heard myself, like, attorneys, attorneys are exhausted, I will say, a lot of it comes from that, a lot of times people will, uh, attorneys will just be, just be absolutely done with the witness, or sometimes attorneys, I mean, trial is stressful, deposing witness is stressful, I've done it, it's kind of, it's more nerve-wracking than you would think, you could be a really great public speaker, um, or fine in front of an audience, and all of a sudden when you have to run a deposition, you're like, bonjour. Did I just say that out loud? It's just the stress of it all. Yeah, and so they say just the most, the dumbest things, and the witness, anytime they call an attorney out for it, I love it. Like when an attorney was like, oh, and these stairs, did they go up also? (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, and I was just like, oh, like, queen, what the fuck? (laughs) And I could, that's the thing is, is when you're in that setting and you're in that situation, even though it sounds so ridiculous, I could totally myself saying something that like nerve-wracking yeah i need to get or you're information. just you i mean you have kind of you know questions that you have laid out you're trying you have to lay the foundation for a question you can't just ask a question out of nowhere you have to lay the foundation for the knowledge that this person should have about a topic that you're going to ask about later so i'm sure that so it has to like connect scenario, yeah so, and, and and make logical sense that this that this witness would know about something like that have personal knowledge and so i'm sure the attorney was like <laughs> was talking, probably trying to get to something related to the stairs or how this witness, like, went down the stairs and saw something, yada, yada. And they just asked, they just, it, that just came out. Did the stairs go up also? I mean, fair enough, right? But, yes, every <laughs> single staircase so. goes up also, unless we're in an alternate universe or unless someone comments angrily in one of my posts next and says, actually, there are. Actually, some staircases are engineered to only go down downwards. Then they're called great. they're called escalators. Yeah, and I'm, you're so fun at parties. Thank you. So that's what <laughs> I would say for the person who commented that to me. To be yeah. like, you're wrong. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Some of the com- most of the comments are people either going with the similar style of like roasting the shit out of whatever you're talking about. Yeah, not like you, but like if you're talking also about me. a guy that well, <laughs> that's fine too. <laughs> uh, but like if there's somebody that says something stupid and you reply to a comment in a video and then. God, the amount of metaphors that I've heard just from your TikToks. <laughs> I am regularly telling my brother that he's 12 cans short of a six-pack now. That's a good one, I will say. As well as just coming across other ones that haven't come from your videos, but just the style of the way that I insult people has changed because of... Fantastic. Being, I because hope that it's effective. I told somebody the other day that they might as well give their salary to a houseplant because it was working overtime to make up for the oxygen that they were wasting. Amazing. I enjoyed that. And I was one. like, oh, Jesus. Wow. No, I look, you gotta you gotta get creative with it. Um and and honestly I think that 
pop culture and just hearing things from people who are way funnier than me, right? My sister and my brother are definitely um, 100% of my sense of humor, my my comic relief all the time. And, and I've seen things on Twitter or on the internet that just have me cackling out loud laughing. And my roasts or digs of, of people who come into my comment section and want to try me are very much just a a mix of, of everything I've ever heard. <laughs> um, and and you know, some of them like I'll you know I'll have a I'll have a roast or something that that I kind of have in the back of my head that I'd like to use on someone and I use it. And other times I'm just like angry and I'll just say whatever. The the hunter gatherer one was an angry one. I didn't even think about that and then I posted it. And people enjoyed that one. So that was fun. Um, essentially a guy, if people don't know, a guy had um had a a username that was like Hunter some Bo Hunter. It was like oh, Bo Hunter. So like Bo Hunter. <laughs> and he said some dumb things about just what like what do you gotta expect? Like the most classic things that people say coming in my comment sections are often very wildly inaccurate commentary about the founding fathers, the second amendment, any amendment that protects their right to shoot things. They're like, absolutely not. Do not even, this is actually correct. Okay. Thomas Jefferson didn't die until 1967. So what do you say about that? You say Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. Like they'll just say things like that. Just say blatantly incorrect things. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds a little wild. Yeah. So this guy said um, something about how, Oh, no, the Founding Fathers didn't think that black individuals who were slaves at the time were worth three-fifths of a person. That happened, That happened like, Civil War era. It didn't. Spoiler alert, it didn't. It literally was at the Constitutional Convention. They, they decided that that was going to be a thing in yeah, 17, you know, 17, 70, 70, whatever, okay? And so I was just so annoyed that day of all of these ignorant people in my comment section, so I responded to him. And basically told him that he was obviously incorrect. Um, told him that he should goddamn Google it because he didn't even try. And then because his name was Bo Hunter, I said, if <laughs> if you if you Google the way that you think, I'm sure they're going. Or if you hunt the way that you think, I'm sure they're going to transfer you to gather real <laughs> soon. Yeah. And people enjoyed that one. That was off the cuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel. Uh, I respond to hate comments based on how I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, this and is I respond to them in typing, too, a lot, which people see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they enjoy, allegedly. Yeah, something that I had gone over when I talked to Michael um, in Ohio. He's the He damages his cars like crazy just mm-hmm. for content. Um, is that even in his stuff, he doesn't do anything as far as, like, hard facts other than, like, this is one way that you can repair a car is by mm-hmm. causing the problems yourself. But we were talking for a short time about how, like, he will do something and he'll f- completely fix something or say something about a car that could be completely true, but there's going to be some kid that has no hands-on experience with a car that thinks that they know more than them. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it's always the one that's, like, didn't go to school for it and that thinks that they know the person that is yes constantly putting <laughs> countless hours into it. And it's like, yes. uh, where, do you, where do you think that y- you have well, the position to well, get this? Look, okay, and 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 for for people who want to tell me I'm wrong, go through my comment sections. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, it's a guy, okay? Because men are born with the audacity that women do not have the capacity for. I have found, and also all of these men in my comment sections, I feel wholeheartedly. 
that they have never been told to shut the fuck up in their entire life, <laughs> right? And women are only told to be quiet. We were told to be smaller. We were told to be quiet. We were told to be seen and not heard. We were told to, if we are seen, to look cute when we're doing it. We're told to just let our actions speak and not our words. Bitch, I will, <laughs> I will let my words talk. I will, my words are going to be loud. How about that? Because it, it, I, it, I expected that in the very beginning, you know, posting videos in, in my capacity as an attorney, um, you know, in my office or talking about something law-related, it didn't even have to be controversial. There are, honestly, if you go through my, th- my videos, there are very few videos that you would think would really trigger um, some of the, you know, angry men demographic. <laughs> really, truly. Most of the hate that I got in the very beginning was simply me existing as an attorney or commenting on the fact that I was an attorney or saying that I was an attorney and men sprinting, backflipping, round off backhand spring to my comment section to be like, there's literally, oh, so she's a paralegal. That's what we call attorneys now. Oh, she's probably in fucking law school, like bottom of the curb. Oh, she like sucked dick for an A, da, 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 all these things, right? And that just like gets me. I'm like, I'm like, let's go. I just, I don't, there's, I've said it, I've said it on my Twitter before, there is not a sing. I've yet to meet a hate comment that phases me, even a little bit. And it's not because I have an ego the size of the moon, because I really don't. It's because I am so violently self-aware that you cannot tell me a single goddamn thing about myself that I don't already know, haven't already come to terms with. And if you're going to tell me something that's incorrect about myself, I'm not angry that you don't know it. I'm just happy that you raised your hand and acknowledged that you're a dumb idiot <laughs> and you do it publicly, which is so brave and bold. Yeah. If I had the courage that some of these men had to post the comments that they post on my shit with the profile photos that they have, with the facial hair that they can't grow, with the jawline that has never existed, it kills me. It, it, I'm like, you're brave. Like, honestly, support our troops. Like, that, <laughs> like Wow. Wow. So I, you know, I, I respond to hate comments with videos, like I've said before, too, on my page. Not for me, not for them, never for them. It's always for the women who hear these comments all the time in, in person or on t- in comment sections on TikTok. And, you know, it, it gets to them when they don't know how to respond or it gets to them when they feel like that they're not allowed to talk about their accolades. They're not allowed to talk about how great they are. They're not allowed to talk about their accomplishments when someone tries to tear them down because it's seen as, oh, you're bragging or, oh, you're egotistical. Fuck that. You earned your spot to say what you need to say and to defend yourself and say, actually, I'm the shit. And you don't have to have a law degree, a juris doctor, be an attorney, or be anything you know, academically superior, athletically superior, anything like that, to know and defend yourself about how great you are and to know that you deserve to not be shit on simply because you're a woman and a man is uncomfortable with that. And that's the root of it, is that men are just uncomfortable hearing what I have to say looking the way I do, which is hilarious. And (laughs) their problem, not mine. So... Yeah, that's why I respond to hate comments. I would say. Yeah, these guys are like, I'm gonna. These guys are like, I'm gonna post a comment that she hasn't seen before, and you're like, excuse me, I spent countless hours in Call of Duty lobbies. I will be fine. Countless, I will be just fine. And 
you know, it's I always get plus you know, you've had siblings. That's siblings. That's a absolutely. <laughs> my older brother is two and a half years older than me. He used to we used to literally brawl. Oh, same. Um, my little sister, six years younger than me, she humbles me. I she's like, I don't even like your TikToks. <laughs> she keeps me humble. She's like, someone's got to do it. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime she comments or likes a, a post of mine, I'm like, <gasps> like I feel so sp- I feel like I. Like, I did it, finally. Yeah, The what's so funny is uh, I was telling Jose and Jordan about this. I, I've played violin for um, 10 years. This is completely unrelated to all of your stuff, but it gives some context. Because nice. um, I started when I was, like, 11, so just not, over 10 I'm years. I'm not musically inclined, so God knew I'd be too powerful. If I don't I'm know how I got it. I'm tone deaf. Because a lot of people that I know that are musicians, their family, like, is also musicians. Yeah. My parents don't know a damn thing about music. My grandparents don't, wow. anything like that. So... Um, I've played violin for about 10 years now. About six years ago, I started playing for like some local churches and volunteering around uh, the Tampa area. Mm-hmm. So uh, I play with this other violin player. I think she's 17 now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known her since she was like, I don't know, probably 10 or 11 because um, we've been playing for a while and we're good friends yeah. and everything like that. Um, but she has a much different style or like not style, but like way of thinking than a lot of people that I spend time with in churches because mm-hmm. Shocker, most people in, like, Christian Catholic churches are, like, strongly conservative. And I think it's pretty safe to say that a majority of your demographics would be, like, liberal-leaning or left-leaning, kind of, um, just based off of... and I mean, I will say that um, I've lived in a lot of different communities who, that were very much based in the church, whether it be Catholic church, Christian church, Lutheran, uh, Jewish, and I think that it's an unfortunate... um, but very common stereotype that they most of them would be conservative, but truly, it's it's a mix. It's, yeah. it's, it's very much a mix. I just think that the um, many of the conservative ideals are are grounded in or um, kind of they stand on the moral high ground of being religious, and so yeah. I think that that's and a lot of it is misinterpretation. Yeah, too. so I think it's unfortunate that um, the conservative platform is often uh, based on. Relig- you know, or, or they try to hide behind these these uh, misconstrued religious ideals to support their platform. But then, so I, I mean, I have so many Christian, Muslim, um, Catholic individuals in my comment sections or in my DMs saying how much they really appreciate my content, even though you know, like, oh, I'm absolutely, my, I'm I was observe it. So I just wanted to make that comment just to make sure that yeah, um, people knew that I I, I understand the stereotype. <laughs> But the I, I say Bible thumper to only reference the ones that are thumping the Bible over the heads of people that don't deserve it. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, I was I've I was raised in the Catholic Church and oh, all nice. of that. So um and that's mainly what I, I play in when I'm in Tampa. But nice. uh she also plays with me, obviously, like I was saying. And we've like I said, I've known her for five, six years at least. So um I have nothing but, like, good things to say about her because she's very intelligent and um, she has a different way of thinking than most of the people that I've talked to, like, Mm -hmm. that have to do with, like, they identify as, like, strongly religious. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I was, the other day, I was like, if there's one person that I know that would know your content, I was like, it's this girl. And I sent it to her and she's like, Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God, I've seen all of it. She's like, I've seen so many of her videos. I'm like, that makes me this happy. is cool. I'm like, I'm like, guess who just landed in Los Angeles to go, to go, <laughs> to go hang out. Well, I say hi to her. Um, I get, I get a lot of texts from people that I know, close friends, 
just screenshots of uh, the message that they received from someone that I don't know, sending them one of my TikToks saying, you got to see this girl or like this, this, oh, this, this is hilarious or this series is hilarious or, um, oh my gosh, do you follow her? And then they'll text back and be like, no, I literally know her. And people, <laughs> people will be like, no, you're like, ha ha, funny. And I, I'm really not, if all my friends, most of them know about my TikTok, um, Often the ones that get those DMs will like know about it before. But you know, walking downstairs, they're, they're like, "Why the fuck are you on a podcast?" <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of people in my age group, um, I will say, do not. It's not as widely common for everyone to have TikTok in my specific demographic in my specific age group, and so there are, you know, and I'm I don't talk about it in my daily life with friends or with new people that I meet or anything like that. If I don't need to, to I feel like that's my entire. Firm. It's not my entire personality. Um, and so when people find out about it after the fact, they're, they, it's always because someone sends it to them, Got it. but it's I appreciate it. I, I hope that no one's getting DMs going, this chick is the most annoying person I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'd be like, period. I've I had, <laughs> so, uh, for context on how the two of us, uh, started like communicating and everything is I've obviously followed for a while. Like I remember uh, a lot of the content that you've already referenced from like long ago. Right. So, um, Appreciate it. The, the funny thing is like, I think I, e- I emailed you on <laughs> midnight, the morning of December of, uh, Christmas Eve, which was funny because the other day I was reading back through our emails mm-hmm. and I was like, did I really send this at 12 o'clock AM on December 24th? What the hell nice. is wrong with me? I was probably me? awake. As a lot of my followers will know. They'll, they start, they've started to match up on <laughs> my post times and I'm like, mind your goddamn business. I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah. So, so there was um, – that was before we actually recorded any episodes. Well, any of the current episodes yeah. because before this, this was a shit show before mm-hmm. Jordan was involved. Um, it was me and my friend Christian uh, who was supposed to be a guest host, but he hasn't been on more than one episode at this point. But that's a completely different topic. Um, as far as, like, just the history of the podcast goes, I've wanted to do it for many years. I've mm-hmm. told you this. I've even spoke about it in previous episodes. But uh, I – Obviously contacted you back in December. Today is February 6th, I think. Yeah. Um, so we we talked through email and everything and saying, like, I want you to be on this podcast that we're making uh, and that we're putting together uh, just because the content's funny and you actually have thought-provoking content and all that because mm-hmm. God knows there's countless people that don't. Um, it's fine. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. Look, to the girls who – Get paid to be hot. Keep doing it. Are you fucking kidding? Period. <laughs> Period. Absolutely. But it's just funny because then I would, uh, I contacted you and you're like, yeah, sure. Well, we can, we can schedule for whatever your schedule looks like as long as it lines up. We schedule for February and then like beginning of January had like two or three friends send me your content and be like, this is some funny shit. I'm like, Yay. well, coincidentally, I'm going there in a month and we're going to go talk to each other. Just because and they're yeah. like oh my god really how and i'm like i don't know being nice out. it just worked out it just happens yeah. and you know i'd never done a podcast before so i thought why not how you caught me on a good day <laughs> 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 the emails that i get i like it's a whole lot some um, of them have got to be wild yeah some of them are really inappropriate some of them are attempting to bully me which is cute uh <laughs> I'm like that was a that was a horrible try, bad attempt, but like try again. Uh, a lot of a lot of different business opportunities, a lot of different brands that you know want to sponsor, send me things, and all of that. Uh, and honestly, 
the reason why if you look at my page and don't see right you're not you're you don't see me like promoting bang look at me in the face if you <laughs> ever see me doing a video and all of a sudden a bang energy just slowly oh comes in the frame know that it's a cry for help i'm being held hostage like know that like you need you need to call the police never and i know that people will be like oh you know like the money did i'm like but the beautiful thing about ha- TikTok being 150% my hobby and me having a full-time job that I genuinely love, I genuinely love being an attorney, is that I don't need to, like other people do, which is fantastic for them. I'm not hating on people who promote brands and promote all of that stuff on their page, but I don't need to do it. And I think that it would serve these brands a lot goddamn better if they stopped just emailing the, the you know, white, girl who's conservatively attractive who who doesn't need the money like uh, like a good god email a person of color email a black woman email somebody who doesn't look like a a different flavor of addison ray to promote your shit pay them something give them free product also ask for money don't just accept the We'll get into it. DM me. But like, <laughs> I just, I Are don't Are you going to go off about the promo code shit? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't mind. Like, I don't, I, I, I just think it's fantastic that people can support themselves on this app. But, but I don't have the time to do any of that to promote. It takes so much time to just answer emails. I mean, we were just talking about it. It, it really does take a lot of time um, and to negotiate deals and to, you know, like, like edit and, and provide feedback on my own contracts for those kinds of things. Um, I, I don't promote anything or, or accept anything because I'm exhausted and all of you are too. And, and I know that the brands that I do decide to promote, I want to actually help the people that follow me, the law students that follow me, the attorneys that follow me, or just the normal people that follow me and actually give them a deal, give them a dealio, not just a go shop at fucking Hey, do you want whiter teeth? Wherever, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that that it's important that I do things that I actually care about. And I thought doing a podcast that was very, like, low-risk, high-reward would be fun. <laughs> and I also appreciate, like, if you email me, oh, my God, the amount of people who email me who are in college, the, the college girlies, and it can be boys, too, okay, who are like, hey – this is a shot in the dark, but I just need to fulfill a requirement and interview somebody <laughs> who is in a field that I might be interested in that I don't know. Can you please? I've done Zoom call, like several Zoom calls with people from colleges all over the country. I will say yes. Ask me. I will do it. I will say yes because I know I know that hard G- that GE is annoying. I know that you're just trying to get that A. I will get you that A. I will do it. I will. I will be interviewed for you. I will check that box for you. Those I say yes to. This I said yes to, but a lot of things I don't. We're also not like, hey, can you promote this? Uh, can you promote X product for us? But uh, If I liked it, maybe. I just like, it's just like I do talk to talk for fun. And yeah. Nobody wants to see that shit. Like nobody. Oh, absolutely. At least from me. At least from me personally. It's like you don't, nobody followed me because they were like, what's like the best, the best new Tupperware? Just tell me. They're like, say something funny. Now. Roast somebody. <laughs> I want to laugh. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> I, I meant to ask this earlier. This is, God, okay, I have ADHD, so I have random thoughts that just fucking go into mm-hmm. my head. Is there a specific court transcript TikTok that you, or court transcript, like, segment that has been your favorite? Part three. 
<laughs> it took with me. Because that one was the one that I think was the first one that, not because it's the first one that blew up. To be honest, my TikTok algorithm makes no fucking sense to me. The most pop, sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. The TikTok algorithm, the TikTok algorithm makes no sense to me is because the first video that I had that had a million views or a million likes, likes, million likes was like part 15 or 12 or 10, something, uh, something like that. It's the one where I'm like a crumb of serotonin in the beginning. That one is objectively speaking, and I've I've pulled people like I my need friends. A crumb it's of the worst. It is the worst part that I have. I filmed that so haphazardly. I could have redone several parts of it. I hate it. I literally hate that one. I didn't think it was that funny either. And I posted thinking like, oh, like I just posted it because somebody was in my comment section that week and kept commenting on every video and being like where is the begging next part for <laughs> like bestie i'm literally so depressed like i'm violently ill and i was like okay i'll definitely do it and because of this one person that i felt guilty about not making happy <laughs> which was completely my fault another fault like i love <laughs> you please remind me please make me feel guilty so i'll do it i filmed that one in my office before work i was like trying to keep it down i didn't like it and it got a million likes i was like are you kidding this is a joke um but that like that one's not my favorite one. I don't like that one at all. I like the part three because in the very beginning is my favorite one, which is, are you sexually active? Witness. No, I just lie there. <laughs> I it's just gold. I love that one. If I would have been in the room for that deposition, my poker face would have gone. It would have failed. And I have a really good poker face, by the way. It's just a very good one. Office style. Just turn to the camera and be like. Yeah. No, I would have. Ca- I would have <laughs> go fought. I would have been like. Cackle. Queen, <laughs> absolutely make him do all the work. Are you you. Actually, no, I just lie there. <laughs> no, I just lie there. I'm like, th- as you should, as you should. Why put in the work when you know you're not going to get anything out of it? <laughs> Only one person's coming, and it's not going to be you. So <laughs> you might as well m- manifest, mani- meditate about it. Medi- manifest an orgasm. <laughs> I hope you guys are not cussing on this. It's probably I, to ask. No, we're fine. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, yeah, I've had to develop, like, for, but even for transcripts like that, I've honestly had to develop, as many lawyers will know, develop a court, a court poker face, which is different than a normal poker face, and I'll tell you why. Okay, it's traumatizing. Please tell me. It's trauma. You have to, a poker face in normal public, right, is simply just not laughing or, like, you, like, make gestures or, you like, turn your face away, right? To try to, like, whatever, even if your face is still mm. in court, you can't, you do not even have the single benefit of an eye twitch. You cannot even, like, bite your lip or move your body or, like, do a hand. All of that are all tells. So when something absolutely bananas happens, you not only have to have a poker face, you have to act like it was exactly what you wanted to happen. So, like, if you said something absolutely out of pocket to me... I would have to be like, for sure. That wasn't even good. See, like, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and, and the way that I learned how to do that like, very quickly, okay. um, very, very aggressively to the point where I was like, why would God do, why would God make me his strongest warrior? <laughs> was, um, I told this story in a TikTok, but it's very, very, very long ago. Um, I had to read, uh, by surprise, essentially, I had about, like, 10 minutes to prep. Uh, I had to role play a, a deposition transcript where I 
was on the stand at a full jury trial and civil trial, and uh, there were several people in, in the cheap seats, right? Like, at this trial, it was, like, kind of popular. Not popular, but it was, like, very, like, um, high profile in that in that community. Um, there were a lot of people in the on the benches in the public observing, plus all the attorneys, plus the judge, plus the court reporters, plus the bailiffs, and the whole jury and everything. And... Um, uh, my boss was uh, at the time was the first chair um, representing uh, uh, our client on one side, and he asked me to come to court just to observe. Right, I was a law student, law clerk at the time, and I said sure. So I came with my dumb notepad, not walking into a slaughter, not realizing. And he said, "Oh, here is a massive stack of deposition transcripts um, that have been taken, at, you know, from depositions prior in this case." And the individuals, the witnesses who were party to these transcripts are not available to testify. So what happens is when someone's unavailable, you can read their transcripts. Because those were under oath, right, comments that they made. So you can read certain parts of them for the jury, and they can act just as effectively as normal testimony. So unfortunately for me, I was playing the role of the witness because the witness was about my age and was a woman. And so the, my boss at the time thought that it would be great would be great oh, if no. the jury was really able to visualize exactly what this chick was saying. And so I had to act like, you know, it was back and forth. It was exactly like a script read, lines back and forth. And although the jury was informed that I was not actually the chick, it's a little hard to distinguish. I saw the eyes because um, the transcripts were all – all just very graphic descriptions of sexual encounters that this woman had with another individual. And when I say graphic descriptions, I mean descriptions down to the sweat <laughs> beads and where they were placed, down to the melted butter in the hospital, in a hospital room that was dripped on certain appendages. And I did it. It wasn't me describing. It wasn't me being like this person. It was me saying, I... I took the little packet of hospital butter and I microwaved that bitch. Why did you microwave it? Well, <laughs> well, for several reasons. Wink. Like I just, <laughs> I had to do everything perfectly the way that she would have said it. However, I was instructed that I could not show a single piece of emotion. I had to very deadpan it. And did not prepare for this. I had to this. take out, no, not at all. Like, not at all. I did not, pre not only did I not prepare as in, like, I didn't even know. Like, didn't I, know. I, I, I didn't, like, I didn't know it was happening. And then when they were like, oh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Already traumatizing. And then here, highlight all of your, like, from this page and this page, this page and this page. And I'm flipping through the pages. And as I'm simply just reading it in, in the cafeteria of this courthouse, this is my thing. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, I'm just more surprised. I'm more trauma. I'm traumatized. Just reading it one, one read through. I'm like, there's no fucking chance. Like I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I thought, oh, how long could this possibly take? I was on the scene for 10 hours. Holy Jesus and this Christ. was over the course of several days. <laughs> several. I had to keep coming back in a new dumb fucking outfit. For the jury, I'm not kidding you when I tell you the jury when they looked at me, it was basically like I they were like this chick, that's the image that they have. Oh, it was horrible. And and I had to have a poker face. There was no remedy for laugh. I could not laugh. It was dead serious. It was a dead serious 
very serious trial. And I did not laugh once. And for that, I should have received a bonus. Yeah, like or the an two award. angels on your shoulder, like I'm the not, devil one. That's someone like someone was whispering <laughs> in my ear, and they were like, "Shut, shut it, just shut it." I, I literally had to pull forth every single upsetting thing that's ever happened in my life and think about it the entire time to be very deadpan, and I did it. And I attribute that to why I'm so good at poker facing now today. <laughs> it's how to learn to be a better attorney in court. It's just by being traumatized. <laughs> apparently by a crazy transcript it's just like oh it's like when everybody's like oh just think about your grandma it's like yeah I in other want situations to. i was not thinking about my grandma i was thinking about like schindler's list that's what i was thinking about i was not thinking about any time that i knew i was like what could make me absolutely be well, i was talking about other situations where they're like just think of other things but yeah no that's, <laughs> see, that advice is horrible don't ever do that don't ever think of anybody that you know <laughs> naked ever or like like people like oh just imagine your boss naked i'm like why would that not make me giggle like (laughs) no Uh, yeah i was thinking about more depressing things and it worked so thank god now we're here (laughs) now we're here and now i can deadpan for court transcripts yeah uh we have a commitment the other day you were kind enough to make a video saying like oh (laughs) i'm recording a podcast on sunday afternoon yeah i wanted to get uh a good you know, read of of what people that care about what I have to say, um, what they wanted to hear me talk about. Yeah, talk and about. one of those was responding to a, a comment saying, like, uh, I'm going to answer why I have re- or, uh, the, this comment that I've received 800 times since uploading a video yeah, of me in court. A, how do you not cry when, when you get in an argument? argument. <laughs> uh, see, law school for me, it does what I think people say that, like, boot camp of the military does. They break you down <laughs> to nothing. I just, like, snotted. Ew. <laughs> they break you down. Keep that in. <laughs> Keep that in. They break you down to nothing and then build you back up the way that you need to be. And for me, law school was so demoralizing. And then they built you... Not back up, I would say. Probably just built you at that same in hell level, but just just a little bit tougher. <laughs> and so you don't you don't cry when you argue because you are already cry- you're crying inside, but you know that if you show a single sign of weakness, weakness, it's only going to get five hundred times worse. Yeah. And and the idea behind, or the, I guess the secret to doing well in law school. Is, and being a lawyer is fake it till you make it. And absolutely, any practicing attorney will tell you that y- uh, you are very aware that everyone is fucking winging it. Not 100%, but a lot of the times you're like, this argument, not really sure if they're going to buy it, but fuck it, we ball. Like that, you know what I mean? Because at this point, you have nothing to lose. You're like, you, you only have something to lose if you don't try something or if you don't walk in there acting like you absolutely are the one that should win. Yeah. And so the way that you kind of figure out how to argue and not get emotional is also by, um, for me, I don't, I do not make a single argument that I don't think I could win. Even if that chance is very small, right? If, if I know the law is not on my side, but I have to advocate for my client regardless because, you know, that's that's what I'm here for. Um, I think I argue as if I'm, I'm absolutely going to win. 
And then it's 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 a little harder to cry. And then you just have to think it, if I if I cry, it's just gonna be used against me. Yeah, much. Or and like, and it's just the, gonna get worse. the voice inside my head, like inside internally, I'm internally, it's just screaming in my head. I black out. I literally black out. Not literally black out, but I like for example, the clip that I posted of me arguing. I immediately when I sat down after that entire fifteen minute argument. Um, you know, inter- being interrupted by judges the whole time by the United States Solicitor General who was grilling me. I sat down like this. I wrote a post-it note to my partner, to- Talia. I sent it to her and just like tapped it on her desk because it was very important. And then the post-it said, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> because I genuinely could not tell you what I said. It like, it just, it's gone. I don't, I, I just don't remember. In the moment, I black out. I'm like, and I just go on autopilot. And so I think too, the secret in law school and for moot court, if you do moot court or for arguing in actual court, is to be so prepared that worst case scenario, you go on autopilot. Like you you break yourself down so that the only thing that your mind will know to say when you don't know what to say is something coherent related to the issue in the law because you're so prepared. Yeah. So that's me. I'm just aggressively overprepared. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to get to some questions that were in um, your TikTok comments and stuff like that. I actually have a screenshot of a comment that I put because I wanted to remember this. I actually, the funny thing is, you know, she's a lawyer, and I had to, I had jury duty scheduled for February 7th. Uh, newsflash, I live in Tampa. I'm not getting back to uh, Tampa by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning for mm-hmm. jury duty, so I had to call and get that rescheduled. But, you know, it's skip totally jury fine. duty to... I'm not going to call anybody. Um, you know, uh, just speak with a lawyer for a while anyways. So, I mean... It's some part of uh, some part of some part, oh God, some part of legal related stuff, I guess. Even yes. though this isn't re- legal, I won't anyways. call the police on you for rescheduling jury duty. This is the duty. I have never done jury duty, which feels like illegal for me to be an attorney and never do it. To I, do I, it but I just moved from like kind of close to Tampa to like signif- more south of Tampa, mm-hmm. um, and my dad was like. Don't be surprised because anytime that I've gotten an address change, they've been like jury duty. Well, I'm like, look, okay, whatever. You. Maybe they think <laughs> that you're very, you have something to contribute. Yeah, change my address once after I'm 18 and they're like uh-huh. jury duty. I'm like, oh, love that. Lovely. But um, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, start with some of the comments and stuff like that. Well, also, um, just a huge shout out to everyone who commented and um, said really nice things or uh just you know the people that honestly the people who follow me uh or or stick around even those who don't follow me and just drop a comment like it it truly makes my whole day and my whole life and they are just the most brilliant people and are so much more interesting and exciting and impressive than I am and I want them to know that uh and and it's truly an honor to even be part of a discussion or part of someone's day when those people are so stellar so I appreciate everyone who commented. And even if you didn't comment, I, I'm literally obsessed with you. I would die for you, <laughs> period. Um, I got a lot of comments. Um, obviously, we can't get to all of them, but I receive a lot from women and have received a lot in this one asking me, you know, how did you kind of get your confidence or how did you uh, start, um, you know, kind of not taking shit? I guess, um, and, and being very secure in yourself. And that's such a great question because it's 
uh, it's not, don't worry, it's not just like an, I don't know, I just like was born like this. Like I, I, everything about being confident as a woman is seen as a negative when all of the pieces to be confident are put together in one. So for example, you can be assertive and you cannot take shit, but you can't do that in every setting for everyone to be okay with it, which I think is shit. Uh, you can be uh, very aware of the fact that you are, uh, you know, very, very impressive or you have, you, you can be proud of, you should be proud of yourself for your accolades, but you're not allowed to tell people that you're proud of yourself. You just have to be proud of yourself privately. I say, fuck that. Do it publicly. You deserve it. You want it. You got it. And simply being proud of the things that you've done and accomplished as a person does not have to be cocky and it doesn't have to be egotistical. There is a fine line and you can walk it. And, you know, obviously my persona, persona, um, you know, I guess the person that, that everyone sees of me on TikTok is always for everyone going to be a caricature of their actual selves, right? Like I'm going to inflate the things that are really me and, and are true to myself, but they're going to be exaggerated or, or just put, put on, put under a microscope. And I've asked my friends, um, my close friends who've known me for years, like, this is me, right? They're like, oh, yeah, this is a hard percent you. Like, when you're in person, like, this is you. And so, yeah, I just asked that because, you know, I, I do want to be authentic and I do want to come across as someone who really is, um, you know, it, I'm not just manufacturing the confidence that I have or, or you know, doing 700 takes of a TikTok that's supposed to look effortless, any of that. Um, I think I got my confidence um, and, and was more secure in my confidence in my adult life because of how um, shitty a lot of times in my life were, especially during law school, not necessarily because of law school, but because of what law school does to you and the rest of your life. The best that I ever did academically and professionally in my entire life, the absolute peak, was also the time in my life when everything else in my life, my personal life, my social life, my dating life, were all the absolute worst. You throw, at least I did, I threw my mental, physical, social, emotional health under the bus in order to do as well as I could possibly do in law school and to dedicate myself to a career that I wanted to be in, that I wanted to do. And those moments can leave you alone. You have times when you look around and the only person in your corner is you. You might have family. Like, I've always had a very, very, very strong family base. Uh, I owe everything to my dad, my mom, my, my siblings. My dad is the reason for my work ethic. I know that. Um, he is also the reason for the way that I try to carry myself in my professional life, um, for the way I try to treat everyone with respect. Um, if, if they deserve it, I love my dad. He's the best. Um, but, you know, like, I've always had them, but they were always far away from me. Physically, um, and, you know, also it's hard, it's hard to – no one in my family are lawyers. No one. Uh, I was the very first one. They said, good luck. We have no fucking clue what you're doing. Uh, so, so it's hard. It's hard, especially, uh, you know, as a lawyer in law school. Um, you can talk about what you're going through to people, but if you haven't done it, no matter what, how much they try to understand, they're never going to understand it. Yeah. I can't so, so yeah. So, I, you know, I was very much down to the people in my corner. 
I, I, you know, at 3 a.m. when I was sobbing on the floor of my shower, uh, when I thought there's no way I can do this anymore, the only person I had was me. And when the only person you have is you, who genuinely has your best interest at heart and who knows you and who knows what you're going through and who knows what you've done to get where you are, you have to either hate that person or learn to fight for that person. And I decided that, you know what, she's carried me through and I'm, I'm going to fight for her because damn, she really, she really did it, didn't she? Like shit, what we went through, what me and me and myself, me, myself and I went through to get to where we are. I mean, it was pretty shit. And I treated myself like shit for, for a very, you know, long time for, for many of those moments. I was very, very hard on myself. And, um, you know, to get, to get through it and to come out on the other side and, and know that, that it was worth it. That helps me build my confidence as an adult and has helped me be so secure in myself as an adult, because I know what I can do. And even if I don't know everything about who I am all the time, right there, you can't expect that from someone to be like, Oh yeah, this is exactly who I am. It's still a work in progress. I think I'm getting there, but I know who I'm not. And my confidence derives from who I know I'm not. I know I'm not a bigot. I know I'm not an asshole. I know I'm not an egotistical piece of shit who's just riding on the coattails of how well she did in law school and thinks that that suddenly makes her a great lawyer. I know I am not someone who will step on the little guy to get ahead. I know I'm not someone who ignores how privileged I am and ignores the fact that even though I've been through very, very tough things, that does not mean that I wasn't already several steps ahead of someone else simply because of the color of my skin. I was. And I I can be happy and be confident in myself because even if I'm not a lot of things that I maybe want to be, I'm not a lot of things that I don't want to be. And I'm not jealous of a lot of fucking people. How do they go to sleep at night (laughs) knowing that they are that? Shoot, boy. No wonder you're so angry in my comments with that three-paragraph think piece. Shit, I'd be pissed too. I'd be looking up. I'd be on my thesaurus every day, right? Using the biggest words I can find. Look at you, King. (laughs) Oh, God, honey. Did it hurt? How long did this take you to type? Tell me honestly. I know how long because there are about 20 minutes between each paragraph of this thread. (laughs) Took you a minute, huh? Like, I I think that um, has helped me maintain my confidence and also my confidence in, you know, not taking shit when I respond to hate comments, which, which you know, a lot of women I I talk to and tell that I'm doing it for them. I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for the man. My biggest pet peeve, it's like a side quest, but whatever, (laughs) it's like a sidebar. My biggest pet peeve with, TikTok and being, um, you know, uh, a public figure, I guess, or, or having a lot of people interact with your content is that people think, people think, they ponder, that everyone's opinion is worth something. And it's not. <laughs> Absolutely I will not. tell you, I'll tell you right fucking now. Everyone's opinion is not entitled to someone engaging with it. It's not entitled to a back and forth. It's not entitled to a discussion, a debate. I will not give you space for 
a debate or a back and forth that you never deserved based upon how you came at me and how, how you approached the situation or the topic. I do not debate with Nazis. I do not debate with racists. I do not debate with sexists. I do not debate with bigots, period, period. They should not be debated with. People in 1939, before 1939, yeah, it's just they, they, they were well. like, let's have it. They, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they debated the Nazis, right? I'm sure they debated people who supported Hitler. I know that sounds really extreme and really aggressive, but in this day and age, what is, what, what isn't, I mean, right? Like, come on. Yeah. And, and people right? Gave them, said, hell yeah, no, we're going to talk about all of the great things we had to talk about, about how horrible your position is. And when we're going to give you the mic though, to respond and have this back and forth. I personally, on my page, on my platform, this is my TikTok. (gasps) What? Yeah, it's me. This is the management. This is the CEO. All right. I, you can, you can have a debate elsewhere. I do not and will not accept that very young, impressionable minds will scroll through my comment section. Women, girls, young, oh my God, black women, people of color, black men, men of color, indigenous women, indigenous men from any subset of society, even even the young ones who look like me, right? Like the little white, white teenagers who are just trying to kind of figure out what their political views are. absolutely fucking not will I allow comments that are absolutely ridiculously racist and bigoted to 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 be entitled discourse to be entitled to a debate to be entitled to a back and forth I will throw down with you and not feel bad because you are an adult you put that on the internet yeah it shouldn't be an example and and it's not my job to educate you my job as an attorney has absolutely nothing to do with you simply because i'm educated and you are not does not mean that i suddenly am supposed to take the high road baby if that's the high road i am a low i am (laughs) lower than hell i'm i'm happy at the low road let's go because i i think that even though um there are definitely spaces and there's definitely positives for some platforms to, uh, you know, open up to basically open up like point, point by point counters and debates to, to, you know, absolutely destroy someone's argument about this, about that or the other thing. I think those are great. But on my page, if you say some fuck shit, (laughs) I don't care if you think that I'm unprofessional and this is a good one that women always hear all the time. Men never hear this. Men have, ha, as a man, have you ever heard, oh, you're not very poised? <laughs> no, not a single that time. That word, the word poised, say it to me and I will wreck you. I got that, the, I got that like le- yesterday. Yesterday. They said I was, it's not very poised. It's really disrespectful and unpo- it's not very poised of you to not want to listen to this guy's argument about why there shouldn't be nine black women on the Supreme Court. And I was like, then call me unpoised, baby. I don't give a shit. It's not my job to educate you. It's not my job to educate you on why having nine black women on the Supreme Court would be great. I think it'd be great. What? It's the same person that would say Your like, seven paragraph thing piece about why that wouldn't be great. Come on, my guy. Why like is that? Well, why did? Like why guys. do you care this much about that? Why do you care about this much about that opinion? Can we just like sidebar for that on that a little bit? Just because yeah, the Supreme I don't Court care. nomination. Okay, the Supreme Court nomination. I'm Ooh. here to talk. I don't okay. <laughs> so basically, my <laughs> Basically, this is the kind of shit that I get. Okay, that that this is when I that that, that bothers me 
about what people expect from me as a creator or influencer or whatever people think I am. I like, no, (laughs) I, I, uh, I posted basically like on my Instagram story, like, yeah, like, you know, um, when it it was a playoff of, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's, like one of her famous quotes where someone asked her, you know, people always ask me how many women will be, will, will, will it be enough on the Supreme court? Like how many will be enough women? And she said, when there are nine, and people always get so shocked about that. And she said, well, there had always been nine men and no one ever, yeah. no one ever said that That's was too was many. So what ago. the fuck, right? So I said there was, you know, a photo of, of nine black women in, in the, um, you know, in judges' robes in front of the Supreme Court that someone, you know, an account had posted. And it said, imagine, right? And so I reposted and I said, how many black women are going to be enough when there are nine? And people got upset. People got angry. People got a little perturbed. Because they, um, you know, gave me that, that you know, D-minus fucking essay about uh, how actually that's not okay to want that or to think that's a good thing because yeah, um, they take there that needs as... to be, there need, no, there, it needs to be diverse, right? Like there can't just be one of any demographic because, because, you know, that's racist for it to be nine black women, right? Like you shouldn't want that. Because, you know, like, it's not good when there are nine white men, but there's it's also not good when there are nine black, you know, the whole fucking thing, okay? And for anyone, for genuinely, like, for anyone who even thinks, for even thinks who, for a hot fucking minute, that that plays, let's sit, let's discuss, okay? There have been 115 individuals who have been nominated and confirmed to the United States Supreme Court, 115 total, not including this pending nomination because they have not been confirmed. Since 1789, which was when the first person was confirmed, all but seven have been white men. I repeat, all but seven individuals have been white men. Two of the seven were black men, first one being Thurgood Marshall in 1967. Second one, Justice Thomas. He's, on, he's still on the court. Yeah. The five women... Only five total out of 115, five. Not a single one of them have been a black woman. My question for anybody who thinks, who's, who's, who this is the time, right, to start screaming about how a homogenous Supreme Court is a bad thing, okay? Why is that? Why do you get upset looking at a court that is all one color when it was all one color for 178 years? Yeah. A one color and one gender. And people will say, well, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, well, look, the most of the foundational legal principles that we have that we pull from were created and in, 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 in passed and in, in put into legal opinions in those 178 years. Just because they were all white men on that court, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of those things that they passed were all shit, Right. Uh, uh, you know, desegregation of schools, um, the 19th Amendment, right? Like so many things in, in law and in, in government happened because all white men at some point said, all right, we'll give it to them, right? Like like not everything was horrible. So. Yeah, it's not like discounting not, all not of them, everything, but at the same time, not, it's yeah, not. Yeah, right. Not everything was. saying was, like, give them. Right. Like, not everything. If somebody's qualified, yeah. Yes. Not everything was 150% pro-white male a lot of it was but some of it wasn't okay we can at least concede that point however if you now want to kick and scream and yell about nine black women not being you know being bad thing on the supreme court the reason why people 
are uncomfy with that of a specific demographic is because they believe that anyone who doesn't look like a demographic cannot pass law benefiting any other demographic other themselves. And so when there have been nine men, nine white men, okay, you're basically telling me that you knew and are aware that, and you assume, that because there were nine white men on the court, they, they could not pass laws benefiting anyone other than white men. Yeah. No, that's not what I meant. Okay, well then why is it a problem when nine black women are on it? Is it because you think that they can only pass laws that benefit their demographic and you are not their demographic? Is that why you're upset? Because if you believe that, then you have to also believe that the nine white men that were on the court also never passed a single law that benefited any other demographic other than them. Yeah. That's not what I think. Okay, then why is it a problem? Of, right? Yeah, like it It's just, just a back and back and, back and forth. forth. Because genuinely, if you genuinely think that just because I am a white female, right, I can't pass laws that benefit a person of color, a black man, then, then you got to have some real, real deep thinking about why you're thinking those things. And also you're racist as hell. Yeah, I mean, like, the stupid thing that's always the viewpoint is always, like, well, if we say that people think that when you say that there should be nine black women or nine minorities uh, on the court, they usually think, like, that what you're saying is that the focus should be on what they're made of and not that they're qualified. It's like, no, (laughs) not at all. We're still saying that they need to be qualified, but uh, you shouldn't just be pandering to the one majority that has been for 178 years. And anyone screaming and yelling about the qualifications of a black woman, tell me, tell me what the qualifications of any of the white men who have been on the court have been. Tell me those. The people who are screaming and yelling, they could not tell you a single fucking qualification that would even make sense. I would ask them genuinely, what do you think the qualifications would be then? What do you think? They're like, how many uh, years? What? They they would just start yelling random shit. Exactly. Black women in this country, especially, mind you, only 5% of all attorneys are black in America when 37% of our prison population is black. That's disgusting. Yeah. Only 2%, 2.5 maybe are black women. Less than that are actually equity partners in law firms. Okay. Mind you, Women are not a minority in this profession. We are just the majority when it comes to being fucked over in this profession. And that's documented. There are surveys that document that in ter- when it comes to partners, when it comes to partnerships, when it comes to pay, all of that, okay? W- black women are the most, I guess, uh, familiar with the idea that in order for them to be excellent enough, their statistics and their accolades have to be so excellent, not a single slip up, yeah. double the excellence of a white man next time who wants the same position in order for them to actually have earned it or be worthy of it in the eyes of people who don't want them to succeed. They have to work double or triple the amount that I have to work simply because of the color of their skin and simply because they have to eliminate all doubt in anyone's minds in order to be qualified for a Supreme Court position when Kavanaugh. Yeah, some of them are just like, Amy oh, they're less spoken, they're fine. Amy Coney Barrett, tell me, right, could anybody, could any of those people tell me what Kavanaugh's qualifications were? Off the top of their head, no, they couldn't. Were his, quali- like, oh, were his qualifications, were his qualifications on paper, his resume, his wrist, were those put on blast? No, they were not. 
They weren't. Nobody give a shit on yeah. either side what his qualifications were because everyone assumes that a white male candidate, a white male nomination, a white male appointee is qualified. You have to prove that they're not. A woman, a black woman especially, they assume you're not qualified and you have to prove that you're not or you are. That's fucked up. Yeah. And everyone can shut up about it in my DMs on Instagram. I swear on my life. Get a hobby. Actually, don't get a hobby. Be miserable. (laughs) Somewhere else. That reminds me of how you were saying you played Call of Duty. I have a friend that has won national championships in Rocket League. And anytime he plays plays a game against somebody, if they're dog shit, he's just like, get a hobby. Get a hobby. (laughs) Do anything other than what you're doing. Because obviously it's not turning out well. Well, right. It's like it's like all these people are just. I in the age of information that we have today, where you know TikTok and all these apps have allowed us to have the most amount of information at our fingertips than any other generation that's ever lived. Oh, it's crazy! In the history of humanity, we've never had this much access, easy access to information, free information, and obviously that's not true for everybody. And not everyone has Wi-Fi access. Not everyone has a phone. Not everyone has the, you know, the linguistic skills or, or you know, the, the ability to go climb over certain language barriers when it comes to access to information in America. But I can tell you without a doubt and a shadow, shadow of a qualm in my mind that every single man that is typing paragraph think pieces in my fucking comment section has access to Wi-Fi. They have access to information, yeah, and, so and they got a really shitball education somewhere <laughs> that didn't that did them dirty. That oh, it did them dirty, but they got it, and that means that they at least have the very basic tools necessary to use Google, to use it. And instead of using Google, they're spending their time and no, typing, it's not, it's <laughs> typing the Google, comment. It's cognitive dissonance. They they are at all times presented with information that is directly contradictory, but verified directly contradictory to their opinions and their closely held beliefs. And cognitive dissonance is when you continuously have that put in front of you and you choose to ignore it and not change your views accordingly in order to account for that new information. I, the way in which I crafted my views and opinions on, you know, issue by issue, subject by subject about the world, about myself, was because I was constantly presented with information that 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 changed and and discredited and and contradicted what I previously believed. I was not born. I was not born this way. Um, you know, I I the reason why I don't have any sympathy or empathy for any of those fucking people is because I literally came from views that that you know I was raised in communities with views that were very 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 different from the ones that I hold today. And I um, before I went to law school, you know, I. I I had a very, a a lot of coming to Jesus moments where I said goodbye to Jesus. (laughs) And, and I had to do some of the groundwork, uh, to figure out, you know, what was correct. And so people who come with their full body chest and tell me that what they say is correct. And it is so wildly not. And they're 35, have three kids and an ugly dog. I'm like, let's go. (laughs) Let's look. Again, if you're going to bring a wet napkin to a gunfight. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's one of my favorite ones. Well, I'm not going to do a gunfight with, with n- no shirt on. A wife beater and a bad color tattoo. Let's fucking go. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my long, like, my, I mean, not long-winded, but with regard to confidence and things, education helps with that, right? Information helps with that. And then 
how to deal with men, misogyny in the profession. Um, good Lord, I have stories. <laughs> Too many. I have to cut, like, all this. But, no, I have, like, people will be, like, you're just, like, a biased. Like, you don't really, like, you're just going to say that, like, there's misogyny in the profession because, obviously, that benefits you to say that. Like, obviously, it's, like, it's like what, you just had, like, five bad experiences with men, and that's why. I'm, like, biased. Okay. A molecular biologist is not biased when they talk about molecular biology. They're not. That's not biased. They're an expert in that. That's what they are. They're going to be biased towards the right answer, unfortunately. God knows how many years studying it. I am a woman. So what that means is that I'm an expert in how it feels to be a woman and how I'm treated as a woman. It's not five anecdotes, my guy. (laughs) It is not. I know that you've had five interactions with women who even wanted to speak to you in your lifetime, unfortunately, for them. I have a few more than you. Okay. So I have absolutely batshit insane stories about misogyny in the profession that I've personally experienced since day one of law school that I have not even like graced the surface of on my TikTok account yet. Because I feel like if I did, everyone would like dox people. Like people, (laughs) they would like find these people. They would be like, who is this guy? Let's figure it out. And obviously I don't want a lawsuit. So, but like I will talk about them, but. Um, yeah, I think it's honestly the way that I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder is because I was forced to figure out how to deal with them very early, like day one of law school early. Yeah. Horrid. Horrid. Oh, I did. Wait. Yeah. One of them, my, one of my bosses when I was a law clerk, um, was basically super surprised all the time about why I was good at what I did. Is this the harassment story? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> he was basically like, he hired me, you know, whatever. All the other partners were great. Um, I was specifically like his law clerk. Like, you know, like that was what I was hired to do is do work for him. Um, and every time I would give him something that he asked me to do, a piece of writing, he would always say that he was so surprised. I'm just like so surprised that like someone like you would be able to do this. Like, wow, you should be really proud of yourself. Every woman has had that shit happen. And I literally was like this. Why? I would just deadpan. That's how also how you deal with it in the profession too as a, as, as a legal professional. Professional, You don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to like have, a, have like a scandal level, the show, monologue with like dramatic music in the background and like a nice like cut scene. You don't have to in order to do little things to stand up for yourself in this profession. Asking very deadpan, no emotion, questions like you know he say well I'm so surprised I say why oh why like genuinely like why like I'm just wondering you know like I'm yeah. you know I'm just a law student so I was just wondering like is there is there something that I did prior to that that would make you think that I wasn't yeah like going to be competent and I'm like ready to take notes knowing this motherfucker's gonna backpedal I'm like let's go and he goes oh, no, well no 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 it's a you know it's just like because you know you don't seem like the type of girl who would really be super focused on her studies. Why? As soon as you a- ask somebody to explain that sort Why of like is that? comment, they, they exactly. never have like an actual justifying thing. Exactly. But the last, um, um, yeah. this is just like a personal thing, a personal yeah. uh, relation to it, is the last uh, relationship that I had was, um, I'm 21, this girl was 26. Um, 
Goodness gracious. <laughs> See, so. no, that I don't know. The age gap is, is all fine and stuff. Oh, God, that was an interesting one because I've never had a relationship like that one. But um, that was wild. I could say that after the no, fact. No, essentially this guy, this this jo- this partner that I had who, who her, like, just said the worst things to me, it eventually culminated to him propositioning me. He was much older than me as well. He was, like, 10 years older. He propositioned me with a straight fucking face over Snapchat. He added me on Snapchat, and I'm thinking, okay, he's my boss. Like, at the time, which is, like, I now looking back, I'm, like, girly, like, bestie. Like, you should not have added him back. But I thought, oh, he's going to be mad if I don't add him back. Right? I didn't know. And I didn't post anything on Snapchat, so I thought, oh, whatever. And he literally propositioned me through my Snapchat DMs uh, to be in a BDSM relationship with him with zero context. Like, zero foundation was laid. None. Zero. I had simply worked for him and asked him deadpan questions about my, the caliber of my work. And I, I knew that he had done this before the way, the fucking way that he went about it, the way that he just, just, just like with reckless abandon, I'm like, do these older men genuinely think that women are feral for like some musty dick. Like I'm like just foaming at the mouth to be in a BDSM. Like, I wouldn't let you, I wouldn't let you hold my hand to get out of the mouth of a volcano. Like I, I, grab, I'm good. I'm, I think I got it. I'm just gonna crawl by myself. Genuinely. That was how gross this guy was. And I, I was very much like, okay, as many women I've been with, I was like, okay, I have several options. All of them are unfortunate because as a woman, right, especially in the beginning of my career, and when I say beginning, I mean like beginning, beginning, like 1L grades had just fucking come out. Like I, I still had two more years left to go. I knew no one in the legal profession. I knew no one in the legal field. No one in my family were attorneys. It's not like I, you know, had some like cushy job waiting for me. I knew that I was going to have to fight tooth and nail for everything that I, that I got. Um, and I thought... The legal community in L.A. is very small, even though it doesn't seem like it would be, it is. If I scream and yell about this, which I encourage women to do, this is just my mindset then, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doxxed. Like, they're going to, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blacklisted. Like, I'm not, I, and I, I was just so fucking angry because I thought to myself, fuck no, did I just work so goddamn hard to be in the top of my class after my first year and to continue being in the top of my class and to be, have everything on my resume I could possibly have. Fuck no, am I going to work that hard and have some below average looking 35-year-old jeopardize that because he decided he wanted to get his fucking really weird kinks out of his system. Hell no. Yeah. So I basically um, went into his office and we shared words. And when I say share, I mean I gave and he did not respond. And then about a couple weeks later, he moved out of the goddamn state. I will not say more about that. But <laughs> No, with my story, it's just uh, about the thing where you were like, oh, why? It's because um, I, I learned just throughout being with her, um, which I don't mean to discount anybody's like own personal life, but I... Towards oh my the gosh, end of don't talk about an ex on your podcast. Don't oh, do no. it. They're going to listen. No. Oh, no, they won't. They have no fucking idea what I do with my life anymore. Okay, don't um, look. <laughs> don't look. Don't do it. Still, regardless, uh, 
I found out many questionable things, like, God, you saying suck dick for an A fucking reminded me of things that hey, I Hey, don't. Don't no, know I'm not, about access. I don't say names or anything like that. But no, what I was saying was, like, uh, in the past, I heard so many stories about they. she was in school for psychology, still is, trying to get, like... Uh, I think she's in a master's You're program. about to out her. Do not do it. No, not at a school or anything like that. She's great at like I'm not talking shit about an ex. Doing. I'm not, I'm not either. I'm saying she do, she's great at okay. everything that she does with the psychology program. But when anybody would ask questions, uh, like a, a guy professor specifically that has spent like who knows how many years in it, mm-hmm. even if they're like questionable at how good they are at it mm-hmm. they'd say like they didn't expect that from her and she's like oh why or they made like a yeah that's they'd a make like a deeply sexual like innuendo joke about yeah. her and she's like 25 this guy's fucking like 52 yeah and it's, she'd be like oh why time. explain it to me mm-hmm. please i don't mm-hmm. get it and exactly. even if obviously you do but like yeah uh, you say that and then they're just like yeah why? and 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 you know they they backpedal and um yeah that's not me what, talking what, about them I'm what, just saying like no the no 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 of some no people. it makes sense it makes sense between um, professors like trying to get students to do things as well as just like questioning them and then you're yeah. like and and in the legal field it it unfortunately happens so much more than honestly to be honest and I will say this like women in STEM and and women in the legal field we are in a profession. And in a position that is quite literally always 20 years behind the progressive movements of every other workplace. And I'll say that with my full body chest and I'll say it with surveys and statistics to, to support me on that. It genuinely feels like anytime there are, you know, like, like the, the progressive movements of today, even even down to like, oh, like the more casual dress in the office, like, you know, like like the silicon valley like you know beanbag chairs and and sweatshirts to the office remember that when that was like such a big thing like 10 15 years ago yeah right? they're saying like oh, you law firms today are like look at this novel new idea we have and we're like where the fuck have you been right and so it's down it, it with things like that we're 10 to, we're 15 20 years behind and with every progressive idea and and work environment you know reform we are also like that and so for women it is 20 times worse than what you would think when it comes to condescending questions like that condescending comments like that when it comes to being even like unwanted touching unwanted touching in the courtroom there was a survey that came out recently by the american bar association that said that like 97 percent of women had that served that were surveyed which are literally like female attorneys across the nation of all ages uh had reported being receiving unwanted physical contact yeah. in the in the courtroom on several occasions and and at first you think oh unwanted physical contact right in public you think oh someone bumping into you so no the unwanted does not include a handshake it does not include like a pat on the back it does not include like a oh excuse me miss da. that's not included yeah men will quite literally touch women on their lower back touch them get very much in their face even like touch their face like oh like oh and do it without even thinking about it. And if you think, oh, that's not a big deal, flip the roles in your mind for a hot minute and think of a man in a full suit, an attorney in a courtroom. Think of think about if another person had an unwanted touch toward them. You can't think of that. You can't yeah. think of a scenario where it would be appropriate for someone to, to touch them in a way that was outside of a handshake. Women do not have the barrier that men have. L- men 
have the luxury of a of a cocoon around them that feels like they're untouchable. Women yeah. do not have that luxury in at least I would say in the courtroom, in the legal field, in the legal profession. And they also do not men who get in the courtroom, who get angry, who are upset, who feel disrespected, they can display that anger physically with pounding on the table with with uh, their tone, raised voice, with shaking their head, with very uh, disrespectful, condescending gestures. They'll throw their head back, all of that. All of that is a man's luxury. Yeah. Women do not have that luxury no matter how disrespected or upset they can be. And so the way that you learn how to be a woman in this field, despite the fact that it's so abhorrent in terms of the sexism um, that's still pretty rampant, is you have to, again, the poker face the poker face, and there is nothing that makes a man embarrass himself more by his reaction to a woman being very calm Yeah, in the face of, of a situation where she should be angry. Yeah, like... That has benefited me in the courtroom. Yeah, I highly and, recommend. And whenever you think of, like, if, like, a female lawyer uh, would be, like, pounding on a table or anything like that, like, that you see... You see countless times in representation from like male lawyers, like men doing it. They'd be like, "Oh, they're le- she's letting her emotions control her." And, and for a man, it's it's oh well, he's just really passionate, right? Yeah. Like, look how passionate he is about. Like, wouldn't you be passionate? This is a really hot topic. This is a really contentious case. Da-da-da. Oh, that's that's weird because right when Gurley wasn't a very passionate debate in a very contentious case, all of a sudden it was her being unprofessional. Being not poised, letting letting it letting it loose, right? Not having good arguments because she was just so emotional. Yeah, letting yeah. It's it's you know it's the reality of it. It's not okay, but but women are very good. I have found, and I do not learn from myself. I learn from every woman. I'm a demonstration of every woman that came before me that I had the pleasure and and honor of observing, and also every man in this profession who has truly um, debunked the stereotype of an asshole, you know, sexist, misogynistic, you know, male attorney. My bosses my first year were fucking fantastic and they were all men and they were genuinely so great. They taught me so much. Um, I, I am a demonstration of every individual that came before me that showed me how to play the system in a way that benefited me while also openly acknowledging that you are not you do not want to partake in having to be the calm cool collected perfectly composed woman even though you know that that's going to I know that that's going to benefit me in a courtroom I would like to see the day where I could slam my hand on a fucking table (laughs) and be like that's bars (laughs) or cap that's cap your honor that shit's fucking crazy did he just say that no way did you (laughs) just say that Paul yeah madam court reporter can we play that back that was fucking bonkers. Anyways, <laughs> your honor, from EDO, he doesn't win the case law. I would love to be able to do that, but I can't. Yeah. But, but um, you know, I, I think women are the best at learning how to play the system to our strengths. For example, like OnlyFans. Oh, you mean that men pay all this money to see and watch women do something that they literally hate? They, they will make fun of them for they will they will call them hoes, call them sluts, whatever, ridicule them. But they pay for hate it. Hate them, but then they pay for it. They consume that content. Absolutely. And girls were like, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna make money off of your your hypocrisy. 
And I'm not saying that that's not, you know, a fucked up system, you know, all of that. But but it's just an example of how I think I've honestly learned that not just learned, but I don't judge a single girl for anything she does. If she's not a lawyer, I don't judge her for that. She's girl bossing another way. I don't judge her for that. Girl boss, I hate that word, but people say it. So I'm going to say it anyway. It's a verb, I guess. I don't judge a single girl for anything that they do, anything they don't do, whether they're educated or not, whether they, you know, are a stripper or not, whether they're bartender or not, whether they're a biophysicist or not. I have seen in every single field women persevering through the stereotypes that they are told that they are by saying, okay, I'll play the part of the stereotype for a hot minute in this position just to get my bag from your dumb ass. The funniest part is when guys are like in TikTok comments, Twitter comments, whatever uh, platform you see them commenting on is they're like, this isn't an actual job. How can you say this is an actual job? Yeah. your dumbass made this happen. You are first in line. You literally got a fucking Groupon coupon for this. Like, get out <laughs> of here. You're the one that's paying for this. Yeah. It's not an actual job. Exactly. You made this happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, but... <laughs> you know, I, I, oh, oh my gosh. I do have to say this. Uh, there's this chick, not this chick. A woman <laughs> asked me in my comments um, what I, what the one advice I would give. She's like, what's legal advice that I could give to like 17 to, you know, however old, like teenager girls very basic, right? Like one thing you wish they would know. Um, and this is so random and it's not like the most important or best rule, but something interesting that I learned in law school that I hate, but like, or not I hate, but I hate that people don't know about. Um, your refusal to consent to a search from a police officer can never form the basis for probable cause, period. So people often think, right, we're often told and taught, especially in the American public school system, that Basically, doing whatever authority tells you to do is good. You should just be, you should be cooperative. Cooperate with authority. And this is not to say that you shouldn't. Because, obviously, people of color will know you should cooperate um, and be respectful. And, you know, do just basically do what you need to do to get through the stop or get through the situation or get through the encounter. But uh, just because a police officer asks you to search your bag, you saying yes because you think, oh, I have to say yes, you don't have to your refusal or consent to a search, no matter how aggressive they are about it, cannot form the basis for probable cause, meaning that they cannot say that they thought you were suspicious because you said no. It's never suspicious to say no to a search, period. And that sounds dumb, but it's not dumb. And it sounds like people would think, oh, obviously, but no, so many people don't know that. They Like, I had to read 10 court cases in criminal procedure in law school where essentially individuals were put away for, put away, because our system's fucked up, but put put away in prison for several, several years, and all and it was literally because they consented to a search that turned into 80 million other things because they thought they had to. Yeah. You don't have to. It's... Say, get a warrant. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, but, like, get a... Like, if they walk up... If a police officer walked up to you on the street and said, can I look in your bag, you can say no. Well, yeah. You should say no. And then also shut up. Yeah, there's there's two things that I was thinking. Is one was the get a warrant reminds me of a TikTok that you made saying that in in uh in college, a SWAT team raided your they had a warrant. Boyfriend. Oh, they did. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I was saying was I wanted to make it <laughs> I clear asked. that <laughs> in in the case where I was just in the position of saying like the last relationship I was in and mm-hmm. stuff like that, if she had her own podcast or platform or whatever, and they started talking about a last relationship, it'd go the same way. People would say like, oh. 
uh, she's getting emotional over a relationship or something. My whole intention was saying like, I know the way that like older guys acted around her. And mm-hmm. even in regardless in the education system and in the psychology system, it's just learning about how they act. Cause uh, my relationships before that were always people that were like my age or mm-hmm. a couple years younger than me, a couple years older than me. Not like that. Uh, not in a point where they had uh, experiences in like parts of life, like, uh, like a master's program where I didn't, where they mm-hmm. would be dealing with people re- legitimately saying like, I don't expect this from you. And then, cause a guy n- is never told like, Oh, I didn't expect that from you unless you are a, an absolute fucking moron. Then you'll get told, Oh, I didn't expect this from you, but it's just just, I'm just kidding. No, I don't, uh, people always like assume. No, it was not me trash talking. It no, was people, me people always assume that I'm like, Oh, all men are morons. I'm like, this is the thing, though. Yeah, that wasn't me trash. No, 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 saying like, oh, I, people are people treat people. Uh, yeah. Like they, women in that have degrees or that are actually putting the work in. Mm-hmm. They still treat them like shit. Yeah, they they again, like I said, women like the snap. Me, men. Yeah, it's just men. Men walk into a room and they have to be proven incorrect. And women walk into the room and they have to be proven correct. And that is the reality of my profession and it's also the reality of simply the way that we are perceived and construed it doesn't matter if I put on a suit and I walk into a room and I have my resume in my hand and I'm being interviewed by three men I can feel the shift in the mood and the demeanor and the way in which they treat me because it doesn't have to be blatant disrespect the moment that they read my resume is when all of a sudden they've turned on their oh we're interviewing a candidate when I've been a candidate since I walked through the store but a man who's at the dog shit bottom of the class, probably on his way to be kicked out, which is fine. You can be kicked out of law school and be an absolute fantastic person and uh, be a very successful, fabulous, you know, contribution to society. Shit. Or just be chiller. Doesn't mean you're a horrible person. But if you are very not qualified for the position that, that I applied for. And very qualified right, for. That, and I'm, I'm on paper and very qualified for. But you walked in and you had a, you showered that morning and put on a suit. They will treat you with 100% the respect that I had to earn 10 minutes in from the moment you walk in the door simply because you are a man in a suit and you slide your resume over and that's when they are proven wrong. That's what I mean for people who don't understand. That's what I mean by men have to be proven wrong, women have to be proven correct, which there is was, really goddamn annoying. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's fine. In, it's not fine. In October of 2020, I was offered um, a position with Homeland Security. And one of my friends was there. There was something like two thousand openings, mm-hmm. um, and, and across the state, there's only six thousand people with that job. Um, but one of my friends, who is, she's a woman, and and uh, obviously considering I said she, oh, fucking idiot, me, um, more qualified yeah. than I am uh, for the job, and I was offered employment for that job. And uh, <laughs> the, the the weird thing with the federal system is if you have if you've done any sort of like. Uh, weed whatever for mm-hmm. years at that point it had been like a year and a half since i decided i wanted to experiment with edibles in california because it was illegal mm-hmm. and all that nonsense uh for her it, it it was like five or six years since she did the same thing mm-hmm. and it was like no you're they said you're not qualified and i'm like i'm reading your application and I was, oh, I was in high school, and I was still in college, and uh, I just didn't per- commit any felonies, and I was offered the job. And I'm like, you are highly qualified for this. And they said, we're not offering you this job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 the you know everyone always screaming y'all about how oh that's just an anecdote or oh that's just your own experience, right? They would look at that story and say oh well that's just one instance or you don't know what else went into it. But when you have a collection of anecdotes that starts that starts forming statistics, that starts co- that starts forming the basis for surveys and for pattern for patterns of of behavior in the workplace. I mean. The the justice who wrote the opinion on on that basically allowed women to be able to sue under federal law for sexual discrimination in the workplace, um, the Title Seven because of sex discrimination case um, was Justice Scalia. He was the one who wrote that opinion, and you would be surprised. It's actually a decent opinion. I actually enjoy that opinion against against my best wishes uh, <laughs> because it's a Price versus Price Waterhouse versus Hopkins. Um, in 19, I believe, 89, he he wrote about, right, how, how in this case, this woman was not offered a promotion that she absolutely was qualified for, kind of like the same situation, right, where, like, it was, like, a man and a woman both up for the same promotion in this company, and she had been, you know, in a managerial position in this company, and she had so many... Um, you know, accolades and great things that she did. And this other man, you know, d- you know, not unqualified, but she was passed over for it. And a combination of factors that were all supporting implicit sexual bias and discrimination, which is extremely hard to prove. And for years and years and years, women had basically been like beating their heads against the wall because they would try so hard to actually sue on their rights about it, right? They would say, no, please, like, try to sue under Title VII, which is I'm being discriminated in the workplace because of my sex. And they would say, well, no. It says here that you were just too aggressive in the workplace. You were seen as too assertive, or you were seen as, as a little harsh. When all of those things that she was doing were the exact parallel of the candidate who was, uh, you know, against her up for this promotion, but they were just described in the she's a bitch, she's too aggressive, she's, you know, kind of really harsh way when the same exact behaviors seen in that man across the table from her, he did the same exact things, said the same exact things, he was described as a go-getter, a leader, a passionate, you know, somebody who's really going to make this company go far. And she was able to prove, based upon so many, you know, um, reviews that she had received, reviews that she had received um, from men and versus women who were in the same position, you know, all, all of this stuff, uh, had basically consistently described her behaviors exactly the same as the man, except called her something different. And so, you know, it went up to the Supreme Court basically to say, hey, because of sex should encompass these types of, you know, biases and this, these types of discrimination that women experience and that they're literally in the legal profession specifically, which is kind of ironic, are still r- that the rampant uh, passing over of women for equity partnerships, equity partnership, meaning that it actually, you know, gives you a stake in the company as opposed to just like a partnership yeah. by name alone. Only 19% of all equity partners in the U.S. are women. Only 19%. But we make up over half of, of the law students. I think it's like 60% of law students today are women. Um, and, and she, you know, was able to go to the Supreme Court and argue it and fight for it. And Justice Scalia in 1989, shocker, genuinely a shocker, was the one who wrote the opinion saying, yeah, this is fucking discrimination. 
Yeah. This is not good and this is not okay. And this is this is now encompassed by by the statue. So obviously that doesn't mean that it suddenly solved it. He didn't cure it. And he's not he was not he was homophobic and like horrible in a lot of other ways. But um but it just goes nice. to show <laughs> it goes to show, right, that like, you know, there are ways in which you can that, that women have had to fight tooth and nail just to prove these little things like like that that people would say, well, that's just that. Well, maybe you were too aggressive. Maybe you were a bitch. Right. How do we know that this is really yeah. sexism? And there are avenues to prove it, but there have to be more. There have to be more protections for it and more ways in which women can start taking over the power structure. Uh, switch, switch out all those. Uh... Switch them the Switch you out. <laughs> Put the two examples yeah. together and yes. just take out the he or she in them and replace yeah. it with like an or, objective like they or right. something and, and say, are these two, mm-hmm. are these relatable mm-hmm. or like similar? Yeah. Or full offense, full offense. Some of these men need to retire. Some of these oldies, some of these boomer, some of these gen fossils need to, oh, yeah. need to step the fuck down you because are. they honestly are, are, they're just perpetuating it. I had a man in a moot court round I was in in law school tell a girl who was against us and around to her face on the record in front of so many people thinking that it was hundred percent fine told her, well, mm, I mean, your argument was good. I just didn't like the sound of your voice. I felt like you were nagging me. Jesus. This was in what? 2019. And, and it was like very, very like prestigious movement competition. He had a very seasoned legal career. It was, it was in a room with several other women, several other people, and everyone just kind of had the wide eye thing. My poker face dropped and, and they lost the round, not because of that man's, you know, not, not, not because of that judge's comment that I think they lost, you know, they're like, we, we won the round and we're women. Right. So how could he have been sexist? That shit was so sexist because who, what man has ever been told they're nagging? No one. Yeah. No, I just don't like the sound of your voice. She didn't sound anything other, like different than me. You just, you just didn't like her. Because you're a sexist piece of shit. Honestly, I I remember pulling her to the side after the round. Me and my partner Talia and, and we'd be like, "You did fantastic," and she genuinely did. We were like, "Just letting you know, fuck him. Yeah. That he's gonna be he's gonna be dead soon. He was a fossil. He was like he he. I thought he, look, he was an old angry man, and we you know, but but like you could tell she was shook up by it. Not shook up by like oh I believe him, but just shook up like shit. This if is, you uh, like, I, I was literally, I was a victim of a hate crime <laughs> in this goddamn round, like in front of all these people. That's so embarrassing and horrible and shouldn't have happened. And yeah, so, like this is what my work is minimized to. Yeah. And it's, it's like, what do you say? There's nothing you can see in that moment. How do you, how do you maintain decorum and respond to that? It's hard. It's difficult. And she, you know, she took it, not like took it with stride. She just like, you know, didn't fucking like scream at him. Which I wanted to. Um, but you know, it's, it's things like that where as women too, in this field and other fields and STEM and stuff, support your own, even if you hate her, even if she's the worst, tell her that she did a great round. If that happens, tell her that you got her back. Even if you are different, even if you have your differences, the strides we take as women in this profession are never going to be singular. They're always going to be together. So, you know, another thing that helped me build my confidence is seeing how other women experience this kind of stuff, unfortunately, and how they kept it moving. And they were like, no, I'm going to continue being excellent, which is great. I am a, again, I'm a demonstration of every woman I've ever seen be called nagging around. <laughs> There's, it, it's crazy how many people. If he sees like, this, I hate you. 
This is a threat. I don't think people that old or angry are bothered about. Have you ever caught hands? I'm about to throw one. (laughs) (laughs) So, for legal reasons, I was kidding. For legal reasons, it's. (laughs) I'm like giving anecdotal. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. So how did? Everybody wants to know in your comments how how you became a, or decided to go into law school and become a lawyer. Oh yeah, um, people expect a very um, inspirational story about how I was three years old and said lawyer. No, you didn't even not know that. It's actually it's actually embarrassing. <laughs> um, no, it's not embarrassing. I'm not embarrassed by why I became a lawyer. Um, I always loved school. Uh, I was always good at school. And you don't have to be great or stellar at school to be a lawyer, let me tell you. So many fantastic lawyers have have become lawyers and not been the top of their class. It's definitely not one of those things that is a requirement at all to be a fantastic lawyer or to have this be something that you can do. Um, I think that I love school. I wanted to do it for as long as I could because I genuinely enjoyed it and I love learning. And the great, great, great thing about being an attorney is that, at least the type of attorney that I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm in civil defense litigation primarily in any and all areas of law. So I literally learn, I'm forced to learn a very niche area of law and become an expert on it very quickly on a new case every single day. And I absolutely love that because I'm always learning something new. I'm humbled constantly by this field and by this profession. And I wanted to be able to do that. Plus you're in like, you're in legal, uh, obviously it's law, legal relation, it's Law is always just evolving. Changing, yeah, yeah. evolving. And, and, you know, it, it forces you to constantly be on your toes and that you can never know enough. You can never know enough and you never know everything. And I I knew I wanted to do school forever and I knew I didn't love anything enough to do after I graduated from college. And so I changed my major literally four times when I was at college. Like, people were like, oh, what major are you? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you because it doesn't matter. Uh, it does not matter what your major is. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm not just saying this as, like, a cute, like, kitschy thing. Law schools don't give a fuck, don't give a frick back patty black about what your major is in college. They simply care about, in my experience, like your overall GPA and your LSAT score, right? And if you are like a law-related major, that's great, fine. But if you're bio and you love bio and you're getting a great GPA in bio, don't change out of bio. Like you don't need to be a law-related major, if anything, In my experience, I have found that law schools find it as such a positive when you have kind of a major, you're going in with a background that doesn't really, that doesn't really sound like you would be interested in the law because they want people who want to be lawyers who come from different ideologies and and backgrounds or different like specializations, right? That's a positive for the legal field. And they know that if you could do well in school, you can do well in law school. Being, nothing prepares for you for law school other than law school, which is a godsend but unfortunate for a lot of people who thought oh I was like pre-law I did fucking mock trial I didn't do mock trial not a single day in my life before I did McCore and I was really goddamn good out of McCore I was so goddamn good I won so much shit and people thought oh you must have done all this debate not a single day in my life and I only say this not as a brag or a flex but as like an encouragement to people who think that you have to have this like 10-year plan you don't my plan was like a 10-month plan if that I my senior year said I was global studies. I was Spanish. I was political science. I should have been history if I would have known that your major doesn't matter. I would have just done history. I love history. I thought I'm either going to go get my master's in history or going to go to law school because I heard this is all I knew about law school. It's so embarrassing. 
Like, I heard you have to be good at reader, reading and writing. I'm like, where are you good at that? I'm allergic to math and science. Like I said, oh, God. I'm allergic. I stole my fucking hate math. I'm allergic. I'm good at, I was good at math and I was good at science, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And so that, yeah, no, I was like, I, I hate it. I'm not going to do that. I was really good at reading and writing. I was really good at reading comprehension, which is like a really big, um, like a really important thing to be able to do and a big topic on the LSAT. And so I thought I'll study for the LSAT. My, uh, it was after I landed from studying abroad in Switzerland uh, it was literally like the summer going into my senior year. I thought I'll study for the LSAT. So I started studying. I took the December LSAT studying like all throughout that semester. I basically treated it like a class. I would be like, I'm going to class to my friends during the week. And I would study for that LSAT for three hours. Um, took the LSAT, got my score back immediately applied. Cause I was like, Oh, pretty good score. Got word back from a bunch of schools. I got scholarship money. I thought, fuck it. I'll go. That was literally my thought process. Fuck it. And, and, and it's not to say that I didn't have greater aspirations and dreams for myself other than just getting a paycheck. Because absolutely, I am a firm believer that you work to become, you don't work to acquire. And I wanted to become someone that helped other people. And that sounds like so, you know, John Green novel gag. But I, I wanted to be able to use what I'm good at, which was school. I'm just good at good at just just absorbing information and being able to apply it or analyze it or 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 spit it out in a way that makes sense to other people. I can I can, you know, what lawyers do all day long and what they should be able to do. It's not using legalese. It's not using big words. I know so many fucking people who need to burn their th- 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 their thesaurus. Their thesaurus on Twitter who just explains something in the most unreachable language and just the biggest words they can think of thinking that that makes them sound smart. And it doesn't matter if they're correct or not. You are not intelligent because of how smart you sound. You're intelligent by how well you can explain something to someone who knows nothing about it, who has the reading comprehension level of a 10 year old. If you cannot explain a very, very complicated legal concept to a nine year old, you are not a good lawyer. You should be able to do that. You can do that. You literally can. You can use hypos. You can use metaphors. You can use like a dog and a cat and this. You could literally do comparisons. I can explain any legal concept to a small child. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm like thinking of like, maybe not like the graphic ones. Like maybe like not like oh, the sexual yeah. ones. <laughs> um, no, hopefully not. Um, so, so I, you know, went into it thinking, okay, I want to see myself be and become someone who every single day is paid to make something accessible to someone through what I can do my, my best, which is which is read, consume knowledge, and then use that knowledge for someone else's good. And the great thing about being a lawyer is that people call you on the worst day of their lives. It's unfortunate, but it's most common, right? with the exception of people, you know, business or in-house counsels and things, which I do as well, um, typically are our clients that people most often think of are the ones who call us on the worst day of their lives and say, I cannot handle this. I need someone else to, do, to handle this. And what I do is I say, I handle that. Give me everything horrible about your life and you don't have to worry about it. I will worry about it for you. And obviously they're still going to worry about it but they're not going to need to know that they have to do something about it. I'm going to do something about that. Yeah, they don't have, like, desperation for it. Right, and they don't have to learn everything that they need to learn just to understand what's going on, the legal implications of all these things. 
it's the equivalent of just having anxiety for someone else. Like I literally go into someone's life and say, all this shit, give it to me. I'm going to worry about it now. Even though it's not my life, it's not my problem. It's not my neck on the line. It's not my business on the line. It's not my livelihood on the line or my happiness or my job. I got this. I'm going to pretend like it is. And I love that what I'm good at was never like, I'm not good at law. I'm not good at being a lawyer, like in the sense that I wasn't good at that in college, right? I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the law. I didn't know what a tort was my first day of law school. I was just telling them earlier. I didn't know what a goddamn tort was. I don't know what a tort is. I don't know, like, who really does? I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't even know, like, basic legal foundational concepts. You don't need to. You don't need to have, like, a mock trial background. I never did mock trial. I didn't know what that shit was. I... It talk a lot and I'm outgoing. You also don't even need to be like me to be a lawyer. You can be very introverted. There were so many people in my law school class who were so introverted, so reserved and phenomenal at what they did. You don't, every lawyer is going to be different. You don't have to just be like me, the stereotypical, you know, in your face, um, a very opinionated one. You can be a successful one by not being any of those things off the bat. And I loved that I was able to quite literally figure out and learn my entire profession with zero foundation, zero family member in the, in the field, zero, zero contact, zero plugs, anything and figure it out and, and do what I love to do, which is now, you know, like genuinely helping people, which is really cool and really fulfilling and makes me feel like, you know, if, if what I did meant that the hell that I went through means that one single person's life is a little bit better because of it, then I'm good. Then I'm good. Then one day on my deathbed when I'm horizontal, staring at the ceiling, going, what did I do? It's not going to be, damn, I really roasted those incels in my fucking comment section. That was sick. I might think about that for a minute, but I I think that, you know, you want to leave this earth a little bit better than than you came on it. So, Yeah. That's how I became a lawyer. At that, at that point, not many people can say, well, I helped people. Yeah. And, you know, you can help people doing anything. It doesn't have to be being a lawyer. You can help people being, um, you know, a, a bathroom attendant. You can help people. Like, oh, my God. Like, you can help people being a janitor. You can help people being a, a food service worker. You can help people being a minimum wage worker. Yeah, it's not, you know, the ideal profession. And we need to raise the minimum wage to, like, 25 at this point with fucking inflation. Holy hell. But you, you can help people by just existing in a space and being the person that you are and not being a shitty person and treating people the way that not the way that you would want to be treated always it's like the way that that the most important person in your life would be treated you know like you just you just walk through life knowing that you could be a core memory for someone when you won't even remember this interaction in an hour Truly, everyone knows a story about like some gas station guy who was super mean to them or some lady who let them cut them in line when they were sobbing, right, in the self-checkout. Everyone remembers stories like that. And those people who are involved in those stories will never remember that. But somebody out there remembers your kindness. Complete strangers do. And you can, you know, be on your deathbed and be happy with the way you left the world if you you have enough of those interactions to make, make a life. That's what I think. I don't have anything to say as far as that goes because I fu- it's like the soapbox. A, I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna, I get much shorter off of my soapbox. <laughs> Sorry. Meanwhile, I'm just over here like. Welcome I'm back to my channel. I'm like, I completely get what you're saying. I play music. No. 
This isn't about me. Um, <laughs> one of the comments that I wanted to make sure that I got to, just because it had like some replies to it, uh, hair on my mouth. was uh, that's always pleasant. Um, Imagine. And because I've not only this, but I've seen it in like your, your people commenting it in your lives, other videos, not just the ones saying like, "I'm going to be on a podcast." What the fuck do you want me to talk about? Because we can only come up with so many topics by ourselves. One of them was. Yes. Uh, as a strong, independent, highly educated, financially sound woman oh. who don't need no man. Who said that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Where do I meet mans who want a woman like me? And your response was, all caps, yelling. They are out there. I promise we shall discuss. Yes. Um, look, there are so many men out there and a lot of them follow me who have who are aware right like like people will come to our conversation and be like oh my god like you're shitting on all men this is so rude all men da, 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 da. and the ones who complain anytime i generalize men i'm like oh like i'm cooler than every man i've ever met right or i talk shit about men the men who comment and are angry are simply the ones who are aware that i'm describing them I, I said men. I didn't say all men. But if the shoe fits, right? Like, period, King. I would be upset if I were you. I am, ac- I am actually talking about you. And there are so many in my comments who are men who are like, I love you. This is great. I completely support this. Hilarious. Yes, I agree. Da, da, da. And I'm not saying that everyone has to agree with me, but there are more men out there who have the emotional maturity and the mental capacity to appreciate and respect and adore and and support a woman of such high caliber than there are not. And I know that there are because the it just seems like there are so many fuckboys because they are the loudest. Because they're all the louder you are, the less you know. The louder you are, the less you are about certain things. And I am very much described as a loud person. I have been a loud person all my life. Um, but that's not a good thing to follow up that follow that but, up. But <laughs> right, but I'm saying that, you know, the ones who are the loudest about about hating women. Yeah. Make it seem like there are a lot of them, right? There there are not as many as you would think. There are so many and I am the first one to shit on them. But the way that you find men who can, you know, really be worthy of you is to stop looking for them. I kid you not. The moment that you stop looking for um, a filler for a hole in your life because you feel like there's a hole, the moment that you stop recognizing that there's a hole, right, or the moment that you think, you know what, I don't know why I'm out here, like, trying so hard to find somebody. I'm not finding any of them. And so it's just putting so much pressure and so much attention on the fact that you don't have someone when clearly the universe or God or whatever higher power you believe in is like, maybe there's not a hole, right? Maybe there's no hole to be filled. Maybe there's not some space that you need to go find to fill. Maybe you simply need to live and exist as the incredible person that you are and the extremely valuable and worthy and badass bitch that you are and what you put out you you will attract 
and you will find them in the weirdest fucking places. The moment you stop looking is when it falls into your lap, I swear, in my life. I've literally met people in a fucking, like, like walking through a parade in a back alley with a friend on a shortcut with, like, pepper spray out. Another man, we were like, this guy's going to murder us. There's literally no chance. Like, it's over this True Crime Podcast episode. I'm like, I'm like, if you survive... <laughs> let them like use a good photo of me like I swear to god I'm like freaking out and this guy was walking toward us we thought we were gonna be murdered and he was like hey I just noticed you guys were alone here can we help can we walk you can I just walk you like I'm not weird I'll stand like 10 feet away from you I don't care let me just walk you da da um yeah I ended up being a great guy so they can happen they can happen they you can find them anywhere the moment that you stop looking and the moment that you recognize that any interaction you have with anyone could lead to it women don't need a man women women need a man like fish need a bicycle (laughs) truly but sometimes i'd like to take one for a spin (laughs) sometimes (laughs) yeah it's it's the best way to to describe it to some people is like it's not a hole that needs to be filled it's just somebody that compliments you i guess yeah would be the best way to say it yeah so. and 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 you know it's it's do not lower your standards or do not feel like like you could you could reject four i don't care if you reject 400 guys because they are 100 not worthy of you and they were 100 not worth your time and they were 100 not worth the privilege it is to be in your presence and to take your energy the amount of guys that do not meet your standards should not be indicative of when you should lower them. Absolutely not. It doesn't matter if you rejected four guys or 400. If you go back to the drawing board and you say, okay, are these still the things that matter to me and a partner? Are these still the things that I think should absolutely be a, a, a bare minimum um, requirement in someone in terms of character, quality, you know, uh, outlook on life, genuine, great, traits not not necessarily like salary or job those things you know like they can be helpful or compatible with with your life but but in terms of the very very core values you care about and the respect that someone gives you if you go back to the drawing board and you're like wow I just rejected my 400th guy and it and I'm still vibing with the core values that I need a man to have then absolutely direct reject 400 more the guy that is meant for you will come to you. And that doesn't just mean guy. It means partner, right? Any kinds of partner. Um, LGBTQ+, like, love you. Okay, the they, thems. The he, that I do it for the, the theys and the gays and the girls and the guys, the ones who stick around. Um, so know that that meant every kind of partner. I yeah. think it applies everywhere. Yeah, it's like you're not a lower grade of a person just because you're not with somebody. Yes. Uh, it's... I don't know, my personal opinion, and I would think a lot of people agree with it, is, like, if a relationship is, like, strong and it's what you are confident in and what is good for you is not a relationship that you're thinking, I'll make it work or, oh, I'll just deal with it. Right. And, and you know, you, you have to have – you have to build a foundation in a relationship first to be able to make the sacrifices that – might earlier in a relationship not be worth it. So, so right. Sometimes, you know, things happen, shit happens and you stick it out or you say, oh, okay, you know, we're going to make this work or we're going to work on this. We're going to go to therapy or we're going to really work and fight for this relationship to last. 
Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's very commendable and very proper and very appropriate in certain situations when a relationship gets to a certain point. But I got some hot ass baddies that I've seen with absolutely like 2.5s on their best day, right? Being horrible to them and them two months, three months and being like, well, I have to make it work. Doing everything they can to just make it work. Honey, honey, baby, sweetie, my love. If it's meant to be, it, it's meant to be. Yeah. But your happiness is is something that you can never get back. And the time that you have to be happy is something that you can't get back. And so if I'm not saying give up on someone at the first sign of, sign of you know, an ick, <laughs> if they put their socks on weird, you're like, I got to get the fuck out. Then yeah, like maybe if it's been two months, give them the BOTD, the benefit of the doubt. But I don't think that, um, I, I, I think that many women and many men and many anyone's, uh, are way too, um, willing to stick it out with someone too early and for too long. Yeah. It's like when they're not making, if you have a, if, if it's somebody that you're confident in and like believe in and are happy with, then it's like, Oh, if, cause we everybody's heard it a million times there's ups and downs in relationships mm-hmm. then it's the thing of like we'll make it work and we'll yeah. work on it it's not i'm not ta- i'm not talking about that i was uh, you know what i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's the thing of i'm gonna deal with mm-hmm. this type of guy because yeah. i have to lower my standards for mm-hmm. them and, and that's not even saying it for um a specific situation where yours where it's like you have a like highly qualified job in like uh making whatever amount of money or however successful it's just anybody yeah and, and, and people be like, oh, like relationships have their ups and downs, right? Like you said, I'm like, queen, I haven't seen you above the lobby. Like your ups, <laughs> sis, when, where, and who, and I, I would like to see them. I would like to see those receipts, truly. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. Anyone anyone who's been in a shit relationship will say that. They've always like, oh yeah, this happened. And then when they describe an event that happened in the relationship, people will be like, and they'll go, I know, I know. Like hindsight's 2020, right? Like now I'm aware that that's bad insane. That I dealt with that, but like in the moment, right? He had such a great haircut. Meanwhile, it was like, he was fuck? so cool. He smelled so fucking good. I just got so, my haircut. Yeah, <laughs> look at you, look at you, look. So you know, I, I think that everything in life is trial and error. Literally trial and error. As 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 stupid as that is, and I'm a lawyer being like it's trial and error. Um, all of the questions that I get about about relationships about men about confidence about misogyny in the profession about how to handle certain things about how I figured out how to handle um you know my personal life versus my professional life or how I handle things just you know day to day it every single thing is trial and error you have to fuck up or do something that you think about later and go why did I say that or wow I should have kept my mouth shut right the power of silence you learn especially as a guy like a woman like me who's loud as hell and opinionated as hell I went through literally like 20, I'm 27. I've been through 27 years of, of speaking before I really thought about it or, or saying too much on when I could have said less. And, um, with relationships, you know, I, you have to have those moments where you cringe explaining it or you go, wow, hindsight really is goddamn 2020. But if you're not learning from those and you're not moving forward to hopefully make it, so that when you're in the situation, you're at least at like a 2010 eventually, right? My eyesight is so bad. I'm like a negative 475, like 4.75 
prescription because I'm blind as a bat because God knew I'd be too powerful if I could see a goddamn thing. Um, I hope that my eyesight parallel in a relationship now at least is a little bit better. <laughs> That's the goal. So now that I'm not perfect, if you think that I'm like on my soapbox, I am not. My friends have stories of these of these fools. Of these fools. But don't worry, I still haven't cried since 09 over a minute. <laughs> That's a fact. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. It was, I haven't cried since 09. And then in your life, you're like, and that was when I was watching Up. Yes. Because that movie came out in 2009, if anyone didn't know. That's the joke. <laughs> yes. Yes. Literally. <laughs> Is there um, any sort of advice, any point of view that you have, any information, just, or anything, like, even story-wise or, edu- uh, like, uh, entertainment that you wanted to make sure you get across that we haven't reached yet? Um, I would say. I also, I also wanted to specifically say, if you look at any of the court transcript TikToks, you see these, uh, we touched on them for a very short time. These absolutely fucking glamorous sunglasses <laughs> that oh, he, yeah. you wear. <laughs> You're like, I absolutely hate the rhinestones. They're Got it at so a CVS or That's something. The thing is that they're so broken. Is that a piece no, of tape on the side? Um, no, no, that's part of the, like the sticker. They're so cheap and broken. People are like, where did you get those? I need. If anyone, I know people literally comment. They're like, oh my god, I saw these at Rite Aid. Can you send me them? Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, shoot me an email. I have looked every single time I go on CVS. Just I'll gonna look. Yeah, I will literally for look this. for these, and I have not found them because I know they're literally breaking. I need new ones. Um, so if I thought you, you got a new pair. Yeah, these are the second pair. The first, <laughs> like, let me tell you, I fr- lost the first pair in Vegas. I don't want to discuss it. No, it's okay. We can say I lost it because I'm an idiot. Um, I need a new pair because these are definitely going to be held together with tape eventually. And yes, it's hard to see through them. I'm going to be honest. Like, I really. Oh God, they're fucking. People ask black. me, like, "Oh, is it hard? Is it hard to be like, in, like, do like consecration?" Anyone who tries to tell you it's hard, it's not. It's really not hard. It's not hard at all. It's not hard to be an influencer. It's not hard to be like TikTok content creator. People are like, want sob stories. Like, no, guys, it's like really hard to deal with like hate comments. You don't understand the hate we get. No, I get all that hate and it's not fucking hard. Like, just like grow a pair, grow a fucking pair. Um, Like, yeah, it's upsetting to be bullied on the internet, but you sign up for this job and it's really not hard to deal with it. And it's not hard. It's, It's so much harder for someone to be bullied on the internet when they literally have no following and they're like a 15 year old girl just trying to navigate life and they get the same comments that I get. It's like, come on. Yeah. I feel like. Influence kind of bother me sometimes because sometimes they kind of push for the like narrative that everyone should feel bad for them. And people in poverty or people who are grew up poor will know that money solves a lot of problems and a lot of those bullying problems. Oh Jesus. Yeah. So like, honestly, um, when I tell you that I can't see through these sunglasses, I want all of you to feel really bad for me and be like, you're so brave. For filming an entire series, not being that's able the to karma see the for being able to stick to all the hate comments. How can I do right? Like, how can I blind. do it? I don't know how I do it. I don't know how I'm this brave, but I am. It's like in, um, our, in our first episode, we talked to uh, one of my friends that I've known for years about, uh, for like musicians, and uh, we were talking about how like it is not hard to to get your own content out. We could have as many cameras as we want, but like you're killing it with a phone. And yeah. <laughs> no, and I think too, like it takes a lot of time. People don't understand oh, like what, what people what people underestimate is how much time it takes me to make like a core transcript uh video or like edit and and to make sure that the clips line up and that takes so much so fucking time. People, all my friends ask me like how do you have time because they know what my work schedule's like and I'm like I don't sleep. I really don't. Um I don't have time for any of it, but I do it anyway. Um and that that definitely take into account, but I think I think that when you look at um, an influencer or creator that you look up to, 
it's not that they're not going through hardships in their life, but know that like being very popular and making money off of TikTok makes life a lot easier. And I oh, just don't, I, I just imagine. don't appreciate when people who genuinely are like bullied in the same ways ha- are like over here, like being like, I, like, don't worry, it'll be okay. Because all they do all day is like sob about how mean everyone is on their social media. And like, I understand people are really mean and really awful, but being an influencer and being a creator it, you got it, makes, better than, it makes yeah. you have it better than literally 99 no 99% of people who are also bullied in the same way. Yeah. So like, yes, you should definitely be vulnerable and recognize that you have your weaknesses and it's upsetting to get hate comments on the internet, but also when you're on your 10th video talking about it and you have a million followers, I'm exhausted. Yeah. We're exhausted. You have a personal assistant and a private jet. Not everybody fucking miss hates me you. with that shit. Like please. Any hizzle. There was one last <laughs> thing that I wanted to talk about that I got a lot of um, questions about, um, which was how um, how uh, it kind of plays into, it's like a combination of two. It was like, how did your family raise such a confident woman? And then um, how did you learn how to public speak very well? Um, which, thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. Um, it was kind of plays into two. So my family is fantastic. My dad and my mom uh definitely uh not the tip the family that I think if you look at my page you wouldn't think that I came from a family like this but um they were very much like like you um they, they put work ethic and hard work above a lot and it was very positive for me because they said look we don't care what you do we just care that you don't half-ass it right like you need to you need to be doing something and you need to care about something you need to be passionate about something we don't like pick something pick anything um, just my mom would say, you know, I don't care if you're doing chess club. I don't care if you're volleyball. I don't care if, you know, you're doing, you're doing an extracurricular in, in high school and middle school. Cause you're not going to be end up smoking weed in the back parking lot. That was like, that was like, the, that was like the goalpost, like smoking weed in the back parking lot, smoking weed in the back parking lot and fair, like, okay. Um, some people do both, but like, sure. Um, and I think that, uh, my dad, I, I is is the hardest working person that I know and the best person that I know and will always be the best person I know. He is the most humble and an accomplished and cool person. He will be the last person to tell you all the cool things that he did and I will be the first person to brag about him. Uh, he's great. And he pub- had to public speak and still has to public speak a lot um, in his job. And so from a very early, early, early age, like I'm talking like out the womb age, um, I have seen him in in situations where he had to speak to a large audience in public. And because of that, I think I picked up on a lot of the ways in which he public speaks. And I honestly could, could, could see how a lot of the ways I speak in court emulate him because you, you know, you, you, you act as you observe. And he would always appreciate a pause. And I learned from so many moot court judges and and people on my moot court team when I was I was like a one L and they were three L's and they were explaining to me how to get better. They would tell me and explain to me how people ask me on TikTok all the time. They're like, well, how does she not say um or like when she's talking? And when I'm talking normally with my friends, I'll say I'm like all the time, right? I don't really care. Um, probably said it in this podcast a bunch. But when I'm speaking- not more than I have. When I'm, when I'm public <laughs> speaking in court, the power of a pause- is always going to be so much more seamless and so much better 
getting across what you're saying than an um or a like. Not because um or like should be taken out of normal day-to-day speech. There's a creator who makes great videos talking about how ums and likes are said so much more by women because we are trying so badly to not be interrupted, so we're trying to fill the space. Uh, so don't think that I'm saying um and likes are horrible, but in a professional setting when you want to limit those, when you are speaking, you always sound so much worse than what you actually are, are, sound like to everyone else. And that's a fact. In your head, you're thinking, I sound like an idiot. And then you play the tape back and you think, oh, that actually wasn't as bad as I thought, right? Or, oh, I was actually speaking so quickly and I thought I was talking so slow. To public speak better, number one, if you think you're speaking slow, you're not. You're speaking, speak slower. Speak slower to the point where you think that you sound very, very, very slow. But to everyone else, you are simply speaking at a speed that allows for the information you're saying to absorb and also allows you to pick your words very properly and when I talk about the speech speed I'm saying um like this kind of speed where you say chief justice your honors and may it please the court my name is Reb Maisel and I represent the cold take podcast on this appeal today I will be addressing the 14th amendment issue my co-counsel Jonathan will be addressing the First Amendment issue. This court should reverse the 13th Circuit for two reasons. First, <laughs> that sounds like a normal speed in terms of public speaking-wise in the courtroom, but to me it sounds very, very slow to me because I speak very fast normally. So speak slow, and that helps you choose your words. And then anytime you can practice this in the mirror, I did. Anytime you say I'm or like, pause instead. It doesn't matter how long that pause is. You can pause for a long fucking time. Even though it sounds horribly terrible and like you're bombing it to you, it doesn't sound as awkward to other it's people. It's going to feel 10 times longer does, for yourself than it does for anybody yes, else. Yes, it does not sound weird when you pause every time you say um or like. And also when someone is talking to you, right, if you are in a public speech setting like in the courtroom often, a judge asks you a question or a witness responds to a question that you said and they just said something so fucking out of pocket and you just got to gather for a second and be like, I wait, I, I love there. this. I love this. In order to be so much better as an advocate, as a speaker in any setting, even if you're a lawyer is even if you know exactly what you're going to say, pause, pause. When you think you know exactly what you want to say, pause because nothing will, will limit or take away from the impact of what you have to say, if it's absolutely on point and perfect, like, it, nothing will take away from that if you just pause. But if you don't pause, you're going to take away from that on your on accident, on your own, because you're too quick to the punch, and you're going to get your words tingled, and it's not going to hit the way you want to. And in the clip that I posted about of me speaking in court, the pauses you can tell when I'm taking like when now when you re when you relook at it you you can tell when I'm taking them when I'm gathering and I'm like what the fuck am I gonna say next does it look like I said that in my head no it does not it looks like I knew exactly what I was talking about because I there was no um there was no like anything like that because I said um and like in my head about 30 fucking times but every time I said it in my head I paused very good tip to have and I it's, I'm not the creator of this tip I learned it from several other people throughout my life. And um, I think that, and um, don't do that. And I think that it's a helpful tip. And people have asked me about that. So it kind of tied into how I became the way I am. And it's because my 
parents were very supportive and very great. And my dad is literally the coolest person I know and public speaks all the time. And I don't know how he does it. So calm, cool, collected. And he doesn't cuss. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can't. You had to get it from somewhere. <laughs> I didn't cuss in front of my parents until I was 21. How did I turn it off? I don't know. It's a secret. Now I do. They don't like it. <laughs> they said, they literally told me, how are you ever going to be a lawyer if you cuss all the time? And then the very first job I ever had at a law firm when I was a first year, I heard MF, F this, F that, MF down the hall with the doors open, and I was like, I found my people. <laughs> and everyone will know, too. Lawyers cuss all the goddamn time. It doesn't make, like, it, they just cuss all the time in daily speech. It's not, it's not in the courtroom, necessarily, but, like, in daily speech, my parents were like, there's no way you're going to walk around an office cussing. And people were walking around the office going, these motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're fine. I understand this. Like, this is my speech. So, sorry for everyone who's offended. But other than that, I think I think we've hit like literally everything, if not more. <laughs> I think so. Much of your time. What Jordan's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> Jordan's texting me, and honestly, like <laughs> period. I agree. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, two hours ago. Oh my god, we've literally been doing this for four fucking hours. Oh yeah, we came in here. I'm so sorry. Fucking time. But we started recording at fucking like I don't know, eleven fifty, twelve o'clock. I'm like so that. sorry. To us, we're here for this. I was like, I don't want to go past your time, but no, I think that's everything. As long as you think that's everything yes. that you wanted to talk about. Okay. So, um, TikTok at Reb Maisel, that's R-E-B-M-A-S-E-L, um, and Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Not YouTube, because you don't have the fucking time to breathe if you do YouTube. Yeah. I don't know what Call of Duty <laughs> is, but that's not anybody's business. Um, My Call of Duty ad was at, is Athen Arrow. Maybe I'll download it again. Yeah, so... Shit. <laughs> no, now I have to. No, I really do want to get back into it. I'm being serious. I talked to a friend about it, so add me. I don't know. Xbox. Yeah. Part 792 of the tra- court transcript series will be coming out sometime in the next three and a half years. Yes. Um, but The one-year anniversary of that series is coming up next month. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Damn. That's pretty cool. Um, I know. But other than that, yeah, that's where you can find... Uh, that's where you can find all of our content and stuff like that. Uh, you can find all of our content. Uh, video yes. version is going to be on YouTube. I'm going to text you afterwards, see if there's any specific links that you want me to put in the yeah. YouTube description because Spotify is a fucking bitch and doesn't like links in their description. Mm-hmm. But audio versions will be available on hey. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, fucking wherever. Clips will be on, I think, both of our TikToks, uh, depending on how much you disliked us. Um, we recorded for literally so much time, you guys. Oh, my so. God. It's crazy. Oh. Should be plenty of comments. I don't stop. You guys told me not to stop speaking in my comment section. I will cite to these. Oh so my god! The video was like, should asked. I just shut the fuck up? And, and like, everyone was like, no, don't. please read a grocery list. I have it prepared. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so Thanks, guys, for listening and supporting. It. And thank you for having me on. I so appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I enjoy. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I this is my first podcast, and I'm so excited. What a, what a killer podcast to have be your Thank first you one. Thank you, guys. Of course. Appreciate uh, you. I'd love to do another one. We, we appreciate you so much, especially Thanks. since, uh, I don't know. It's been the easiest the easiest person in the world to work with, honestly. I've, On the I've, record. I've, 